Hey, this is Matt Leslie, screenwriter and producer of the movie Summer of 84, and you're listening to Heroes of Noise. In these crazy times, the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to yet another amazing episode of the Heroes of Noise. I am only one half of this amazing dynamic duo. My name is Steve. Greetings, salutations, bienvenidos, and all that shit. Welcome to the Heroes of Noise. My name is Dan Ramirez, the other 50%. Are you guys ready to do this? I know I am. Steve, are you ready? I am ready. Dan, you have had a rough, tiring weekend. You have had a tiring weekend in a very good way. You have been up to your eyes in amazement. Do you want to tell these people what you were up to this weekend? Like, I mean, look, people, I don't know if you knew this, but Dan's the superstar now. I don't know if y'all got the memo. Dan is the superstar. Everybody wants a piece of Dan all the time. Stop it, Hudson. Dan, Dan, can we be honest here? Too early into the show, man. Can we be honest here that you're a superstar? You're treating this shit like margarine, laying it on a little bit thick. <laughs> Gee, let's be real. Do people lay on margarine thick? I'm sure someone does. There's a lot of cholesterol problems in the world. I would have said, yeah, margarine's pretty much the only thing. Maybe peanut butter. But you can never lay peanut butter on too thick. Come on, you're right about that, oh, Dan. See? Right again. Come on. So, I understand that us mere mortals don't know how it is to have people chase you for interviews. I don't know how it feels to have that. I don't know how it feels to have some of the best up and coming writers in the, uh, in the game right now wanting to do an interview with Dan the man. How does that feel, Dan? Dude, <laughs> you always got to lay it on thick. Uh, tell you what, bro. <laughs> I don't want, I want these people to come back. Let me explain. They will. Let me explain. <laughs> they totally Dude, will. You're like, damn, we got to get this damn guy. Mr. Ramirez? <laughs> oh, I didn't Go know we were in the 20s. Away. I didn't know we were 1920s. Mr. Ramirez. <laughs> Scooter, get in there and find it. Exactly. Get in the papers. The papers, I say. Get in the papers. Here's two bits, boy. <laughs> Thanks, mister. <laughs> I didn't know we were in the 1920s all of a sudden. Hey, man, when I go fictional, for some reason, it always ends up in the 20s. I don't know why that I is. I see that. That's a very interesting thing. I don't know why that and is. A, that is very strange because we wouldn't be doing too well in the 20s. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. We were. <laughs> no. Couple of sore thumbs, man. Yeah, we wouldn't be too well. But, man, so truthfully, man, look, um, I don't know. For me, I'm just so excited about it. I had to get it going in the beginning of the show that you just had an amazing interview with two really, really, really cool fellas. I did. I really was cool down yes. there, guys. Super, super cool. I will give you that. Um, they didn't come knocking on my door or anything like that. Let me explain how this happened. And it, it was very fortunate. I'm not going to act like, I'm not going to play it off like, hey, no big thing. Because I was yes. pretty stoked about it. So I've, I think I've talked about this now on every show for the last four shows, but summer of 84, okay? I'm laying it on the line for you guys. I'm telling you right now, that this is one of my favorite movies of the year for many reasons, which I'll get into at some other point. And, you know, by all means, listen to the interview. So I was raving about it one day. Actually, I don't even think I was raving about it. All I really did was I put the notes out or the the uh, the ad 
what am I trying to say, Steve? I'm full of shit right now, and I'm trying to get something going here. <laughs> it's Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. I'm tired. No, you put the tweet out. I put the tweet out. That's exactly. Yeah. I put the tweet out, yeah. sir. I said, hey, Scotty, yeah, tell you. stop the presses and put the tweet out. <laughs> so I put the tweet out, and I just said, hey, we're covering this. We're covering that. Summer of 84 was one of them there. And then suddenly, Matt Leslie, who was one of the screenwriters, there's two of them. There's Matt Leslie and Stephen J. Smith. Matt Leslie reached out to me and he just said, hey, thanks for your support with this. And, you know, um, to be quite honest with you, I'm not even sure if he heard the whole thing, but he was very supportive about that. And I said, oh, no problem, man. It's just it's the truth. We're, we're digging this and we like it a lot. And I just happened to take a shot and be like, would you like to be on the show sometime? Would you like to do an interview? And he's like, hell yeah. So that's really it. Two weeks later, I get an interview with this guy. And what was it? It was I did it on Saturday. Friday night, I got a call from them or a tweet from them rather saying, Hey, Stephen J. Smith would like to come on too, the other guy. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do this. So, in a panic, kind of revised my questions up a little bit, and we knocked it out yesterday afternoon. Got about a 45-minute interview, and um, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So, it's already out, actually. Uh, We're putting this out. I'm assuming it's going to be on Tuesday. The uh, interview went out on Monday. So, I hope you enjoy that. Hit us up. I would like to know what you guys think about it. And... um, do you mind if I just do the contact information to get rid of that? Get it all out of the way now, sir. Hit it up, brother. You know, I would like to do nothing. This is the perfect opportunity. I would like to do nothing but this. But here That's we awesome. go. What's happening, cats and dolls? My name is Dan Ramirez. Check this shit out. You're listening to the Heroes of Noise podcast, and I've got information for you right now. If you want to get a hold of the show, please hit us up at Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. That is Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. That's how it is. Probably isn't going to change because I can't afford any more stuff. Hit us up on Twitter, at Heroes of Noise. You can hit me up, Dan, at Dan Q Public. You can hit my buddy Steve over there at at S-E underscore Hudson Music. We got the Instagram. We got the Facebook. But we have it all at heroesofnoise.com. While you're there, hit the voicemail up. Let us know you like the interview. Let us know you like the show. Let us know a little bit about you. We're going to play everything on the show because that's why we do this. It would be weird if we just didn't. We just like listened to them and, you know, patted ourselves on the back, I guess. That would be lame, right? So, of course, we're going to put it onto the show. Many things you can do on the website. You can hit us up uh, five-star reviews on iTunes. You can add us. You can subscribe. You can do all that kind of shit. And you know what? I, I think I'm cutting this one a little bit short today, Steve, because we have a big show, and I want to get to it. But I will say one more thing. Check out the store. Heroes of Noise Threadless Store. Get yourself a T-shirt, a mug. It's Christmas time. Get one for your brother. I think he's going to like it a lot. He told me so. My name is Dan Ramirez. Turning back over to Steve Hudson. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to this voice. Ladies and gentlemen, we actually do have a voicemail this week, people. A voicemail from someone who has actually given me the present that I asked so diligently for last week. I said, Michael, I want to hear your voice, brother. And what did Michael do? He said, sir, call me Santa because I can deliver gifts right to you point blank in your face. And that's exactly what he did. You called him Santa? Yeah, he said, call me Santa. That's oh, what he told me. did you call? But I'm, I, I understand that. But did you follow the directions? Did you call him? Oh, of that? course I did. Yes. I don't, that's the only way I, I like on Twitter. I'm like Santa. And he says, yeah, hello, normally. It's like <laughs> a thing. Wow. I thought you knew. Very interesting relationship you two have. Hey, we got close, real close. <laughs> we, had some, we had some DMs. This one's coming from Brother Michael. I'm going to go ahead and play this right now. Michael, thank you very much. A new listener. And uh, he's doing he's doing everything the, just the right way, guys. Follow suit. Listen to this. Hey guys, what's going on? It's uh, brother Mike here. Um, 
Nah, I'm just kidding, guys. In all seriousness, <laughs> oh, it's your boy, brother voice. Michael here. Just wanted to drop in and let you guys know I'm here. Love the episode today, and I wouldn't have expected anything less. First and foremost, I wanted to let Dan know that I'm relieved to hear that your wife's condition seems to be getting better. As far as DC news, Shazam is going to be a breath of fresh air, but regardless of how Aquaman does, a clean slate is definitely in order. And as far as the uh, Superman, I'm feeling Oscar Isaac. He has the voice, he has the swag, he has the looks. And about that, uh, the beard line, how about you take that one from Thor to Captain America in Infinity War? I think that's a good one. So uh, I'm also glad you touched on the Norm MacDonald bullshit. What a joke. Every time you let somebody make a derogatory comment in any fashion, they need to be put in check. In order to make a change, action needs to be taken. And it, can, it can't be done by one person. Keep up the amazing work, guys. You're pushing out A-plus quality content. Love you guys. Catch you next time. Now that is a voicemail right there. Would you agree, Steve? That's a voicemail. Come on. Come on, Michael. It's a fantastic voicemail. Michael, thank you very much, man. Uh, Thank you so very much, sir. Now, I have to say... Oscar Isaac is actually a really good choice. He would be interested. He would also be, um, if he was, and so here's my, I'm wondering, Dan, do you think he would do Superman even though he's in the Star Wars situation right now? I think if it interested him, he will. I don't think Star Wars is going to keep him from doing it. I think it's kind of a solid choice, actually. I like Oscar he'd be, Isaac. He'd have to put on some weight. Yeah, he'd have to beef up a little bit. And now, you know, they can, they can fix these things in the movies, but isn't he kind of a short dude? Um, in my brain, he is, yeah, but I don't know how short he. But because I, I remember, wasn't he? In, he was an ex machina, right? Yes, sir. He was a little. He was kind of bulked up. He in was that a one. shorter dude. He was puffy, but I don't know if he was bulked up. I think we need a <laughs> in the in the. We need someone taller in puffy. the Oscar. Like, think of what would be an a mix between Michael B. Jordan, Oscar Isaac, but taller. Here's who I'm thinking: Ice T. This dude. <laughs> He's 5'9", by the way. Here's what I'm thinking. What about Jesse Williams? Not bad. You know, I'd rather go with Oscar Isaac, I think. See, I like Jesse Williams because he has the eyes for it. And he could put on weight and he's tall. Yeah. He could be Clark I know who you're talking about, but let me just take a quick look just so I can kind of get the vis. Yes. Let's see yeah. here. That's how you speak in the biz now. You say I the, hear the that's vish. what I hear. Yeah. Let's see what he looks like here. Hmm. He'd be a solid Superman. You want to know what I think? Huh. I think he would be an even more solid Zod. Oh, that's interesting. At least with the picture the picture that I'm looking at right now, he would make an excellent Zod. Jesse Williams as Zod, but we still have to get we still have to get a um Superman. Then who are we doing for who are, who is Superman? I think that we need to go with this whole let's 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 make the wave work, man. Let's go with let's go with Michael B. Jordan. I kind of now, after like we talked about it and I thought about it all week, I'm kind of down for that. I kind of want to see it. I really love the line that you said. No, I've been thinking about this all week. When you said that he just shows up, right? There's Henry Cavill and then suddenly it's Michael B. Jordan. They don't touch on it at all. But the Flash looks at him and he just goes, oh, yeah, (laughs) I was I shaved. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't that be funny? I think that would be great. Okay. Yeah. And the only and the thing is, it has to be Aquaman saying something. He's like, dude, you look different. And he'd be like, oh, I shaved. He'd be like, oh, okay. 
All right. Like it would be, and the thing, here's the hard part about, um, because I'm one of the few people that liked Justice League. I thought it was fun than a mug. You did too. Mm. You thought it was fun. It was all right. I thought it was all right. I'm being really honest with you. I thought it was all right. And there, but compared to how much people hated it, we were like, it was not that though. It was just not a Marvel movie. I'm going to tell you this. I saw it twice because I had to. I had to take my daughter to see it. And then I have not had any desire to watch that movie ever since. Not at all. But, but, but it was way more fun when we had ch- kids with us. When, I, when my son was with me, it was fun than a mug. And I'm sure when you watched it with your daughter, you had a good time. Yeah, we had a good time. You're right. Yeah. And so, and here's my thing. Like, the big thing for me is um, Flash was hilarious because he was a smaller dude. But you cannot be a little taller than Flash and be Superman. You have Momoa, Ben Affleck, Gadot, and those are all fairly tall people. I think Superman has to be at least 5'11", 6 foot. Yeah, I'm thinking 6, over 6. Because Affleck is like, isn't he over 6? I think he's 6'2". Six 6'2", two. Six two. yeah, I was going to say 6'2", six 6'3". Momoa two, six is 6'3", six 6'4". Three. Six three, six yeah, I think you have to be in that category right there. Now, you know, granted, you have got Kryptonian powers, so... It's going to make up for it a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, for me, like when he was, uh, okay, here's the thing. Here's the big thing. Oh, I'm glad we talked about this. Um, If he was 5'9", and he was doing that scene in Justice League where he's going buck wild, it doesn't matter how tall you are. When he has everybody by their freaking necks, I was like, oh, he could be how tall as he wants to. When Flash was walking around him and he caught him by his eye, it doesn't matter how tall you are when you can do that. That was insane. I was like, oh, this dude's a problem. <laughs> this dude is a legit problem. So I don't, I think that as long as you are in the, and mind you, they've made kind of, you know, they've made short people look taller for who knows how long. It's not going to look as ridiculous as that mustache they CGI'd off. I can't get it's over gonna that. It's going to better than that. Yeah, it's going to look better than that. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind, like, look. I wouldn't mind a Michael B. Jordan. Oh, but if it was Michael B. Jordan and Jesse Williams, if Jesse Williams is, oh my God, dude. But Zod already died though. Cause I haven't seen Man of Steel, but someone, I kind of had that ruined for me. Was he Zod or no? Uh, Michael Shannon. In Michael Shannon was, yes. So he's dead. He can't be Zod then. Unless it's a different universe and it's not. So we know Jesse can't be Zod. You think Michael B. Jordan's a better Superman than Jesse Williams? I'm saying he can be Zod if they reboot the whole thing, which I, I'm pretty much sure is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, unless they get Cavill in, they're going to reboot. If they don't, if they say, okay, we're going to reboot the whole thing, don't do Zod then. We've done that to death. We've done it, th- what, twice now? We did it with Superman, Christopher Reeve. We did it with Superman here in Cavill. Do we want to do it again? Did they do Zod with Homeboy? With uh, Brandon um, Roche? No, there was no Zod. That was a Lex Luthor one. That was Kevin Spacey. Okay. Dude, do we want to And Parker do, Posey. You know how I feel about do her. Zod, oh, you, yeah, that's right. Do you want to do, do you, would you want to do Zod again? I hate her face. What? I'm sorry, you were saying? Oh, so cold. <laughs> do you want to do Zod again, though? It would have to be something else. No, honestly, I think that would be a mistake. But you know what? It just depends. Like, if they go with a whole, okay. First of all, let me ask you this question. Do you think that if they do a Michael B. Jordan Superman, that they should go back and do an origin, or do they just plug him in? Plug him in. Okay, if they plug him in, then yes, we can't have Zod. But if they were going to go back and do that again, which, let's face it, it's been done a hundred times already, 
Oh, yes. Then we could have him as Zod. Now, if you're asking me who he would be otherwise, um, does he have to be a, a foe? No, he could be whoever. Um, he could be whoever. I think, I mean, he could be whoever. I just think, um, like, Jesse Williams has the look. He has the look of someone that could be Superman. What if you played John Stewart? Who's John Stewart? Green Lantern. Oh, dude, come on. I think that's dead. What do you mean it's I dead? Don't, they're going to redo it, but it's gonna, I don't think it's going to be good. Dude. I'm just saying, what if they did? What if they chose him to be John Stewart? Would you be cool with that? I would be cool with it. I don't think it fits. Okay, fair enough. I don't think it I think if they're going to do that... Um, you, gave me a scenario, they, oh, you gave me a scenario where I was like plugging him into different people, right? So yes. that was just so something that just, came up. Oh, that's one. Oh, okay. If, no, I get that. I don't. I think that the. Um, I don't think he. Ha- oh. No, I think they need a newbie for John Stewart. They need someone that that we don't even know who they are. You know what I'm saying? Which is why I'm shocked they didn't do that for Shazam. I shocked that went with someone with a familiar face. Yeah, he's got a super familiar face. Super familiar face, dude. And so that's why I'm shocked that they did that. I think um, the fact that if if Michael B. Jordan becomes Superman, th- Twitter, black Twitter especially, is the only people that are responsible for this. The end. Because it was on Twitter and all of a sudden, turns out DC is now in talks with, uh, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Are they saying, hey, we see money to be made? Well, obviously, that's all it is. They see money to be made, just like Nike. They saw A, good reason, B, good money. And so I have a feeling if, if, if DC does put Michael B. Jordan in the books, it's going to make a ton of money, dude. It's going to make money that's insane, and it still is not going to have Marvel on its heels. It's still, Marvel's still going to be like, oh, that was cute. I still think that. I think, still think Marvel will be like, eh. Okay. That's a nice Whatever. try. You're getting there. Exactly. That's what they're thinking. Yeah, you're getting it. It's, it's dope. You're doing what we already did 100 years ago. Have fun. We already are done. We've, we've built these characters up so much. I mean, they're going to be like, cool, you did Black Superman. Did you see the numbers Black Panther did? Are you going to do those numbers, though? It's always going to be like <laughs> Samsung and iPhone with Marvel and Simple DC. Simple as that. Yes. Yeah, Simple we already did that. that. Be, we had, that's nice, we, but we had that. We already had that. I mean, it's going to be very difficult for them to do it. And let's just be real. If they do put Michael B. Jordan in the books, people will be thinking. Um, I mean, they, they're not biting Marvel Stilo, but from Killmonger into Marvel, I mean, into DC, how will that look? I mean, does DC want to be like, dude, we are literally biting their style right now. We took Killmonger and made him Superman. Would this be the first time? Is there anyone else? Are we missing somebody that was in Marvel that went to DC? I feel like we are, but I'm probably wrong. We are. That. Oh, no, no, no. We're totally missing somebody. I'm, I'm, but I, I don't know who that could be. I know we're going to get an email in from somebody that went from, because I know, uh, look, uh, uh, dude was in two Marvel movies, Michael B. Jordan, but he didn't cross over the, to DC. I feel like this is one of those times where people are yelling at us like, assholes, it's this. Oh, for or sure. Or it's not for this. Sure. Sorry. I'm off today, guys. I'm tired. No, I don't. Th- there's been a. F- I know there's been one, but it's nothing of note. Um, th- apparently, there's nothing, nothing major. Of note. Yeah. So maybe I'm um, wrong. Maybe I just made that whole thing up. Well, no, because we know Ben Affleck, ben Affleck hasn't done it. We know Gal Gadot hasn't done it. We know uh, Michael. Oh wait, Deadpool. 
Um, yes, Ryan Reynolds. That's it. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking of. But yep. Ryan Reynolds. We shall not speak of that, apparently, right? Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> but I think he did. Oh, he went Marvel, DC, then back to Marvel because he was Deadpool first, then went to DC, then came back as Deadpool. Who's done that before? Played two different characters in two different universes by the same uh, company. He's just got them all Reynolds wrapped. Oh, oh, come on. Give me the drum roll. You want it. And I tried to do it, but my volume was down. So, <laughs> No, but I think those are, but those are the, the, he's the one that did it. I just don't know, man. Um, it would be wise of them to get a new face. But again, Marvel wants that money right now. And so um, they might get, hopefully they don't get someone that just couldn't even, the only person they could really get right now is I think the only people that will make people excited is, un- oddly enough, Henry Cavill and Michael B. Jordan. Those are their choices. Especially now that it's in people's heads. Now that Michael B. Jordan's in people's heads, that's it. That's who they want. But there still is no definitive answer on whether or not Cavill's gone in the first not place, at right? All. We're just still not hanging on all. to this from last week. Not at- And the thing is, I, uh, there's been thought that maybe it was just his managers putting out that trial balloon saying, hey, Look what we look how crazy the internet went. And like I said, it went bonkers because now people are like, well, if he's not in, um, then this person could do it. They didn't say we are not going to watch Superman without Henry Cavill. They didn't say that. They just said, oh, Marvel or DC's crumbling again. I guess you got to get someone else back in that part. That's it. Simple as that. Because unfortunately, they haven't established Superman strong enough where people cannot see anyone else in that suit. Yep. Sorry. Too many people have been in that suit now. You know, it's been Christopher Reeve, Brandon Roosh, Henry Cavill. Now there's just going to be another one. So do you think this whole Supergirl thing is like, I mean, I'm sure they wanted to make a Supergirl, but do you think they're using this as a pawn and everything just to just to play this game with Cavill? Like, in other words, are they holding that over his head or are they simply saying, no, fuck you. We're going to do this first. We're the we're the power. You're not the power. You're not Robert Downey Jr. I don't think they're, I, unfortunately, I don't think uh, Mar, uh, DC, I keep on doing it. I don't think DC has it. They don't have things well oiled enough to do those games. I think they're just flying by the seat. If Henry Cavill drops out, then he drops out. Next, next, they're not looking forward. They're just like, oh, whatever happens, we'll just play it day by day. They're not like this. I bet you if I sat down with DC tomorrow and said, so what is your 10 year plan? How many movies do you think they have planned out for 10 years? They'd be like, who are you? Security, get this guy out of here. Of course. First, obviously. Of course. But after they get past it by my amazing looks, then they're, <laughs> you know, I get invited in. They would say, uh, so I'm like, what do you have? Well, depending on if Henry Cavill stays, we're going to have a Superman, depending. What's the story? Well, we don't know. It depends. If Henry stays, then we're going to do this. If someone else comes in, we're going to have to reboot. Okay. What about Justice League? Well, we depends on if Batman or if Ben Affleck stays. Dude. They cannot have a plan because no one's there for sure except Aquaman. And they don't know what that movie's going to be. Still here, guys. <laughs> exactly. Put, put Dude, me in, coach. <laughs> have you heard anything about Aquaman lately? I'm not excited about this movie at all. I'm sorry. Call it me, call me the Grinch. Great, Dude, it doesn't look great. I think it's going to blow. I'm just telling you right now. People are going to love this movie that are like... And, and I'm hoping that they prove me wrong, but I'm thinking yes. that people are hitting this movie with not quite the intensity of like the the prequels with Star Wars. Like it's got to be good. It's got to be good. And when they come out, they're gonna be like, "That was good, right? 
right? We enjoyed ourselves, right? And then it's just going to deteriorate from there. I don't well, think Momoa yes. has lead power, dude. Not at this level. That's interesting. See, I think, I think he can have lead power, but he needs a circle around him to play off. Okay, well, let me ask you but this. But he can be lead, but he has to play off people. See, we're using like uh, potential terms. He can. Yes. He could. Has he? No. Exactly. I don't think he's got it, dude. Well, do you think... Because uh, I haven't seen Man of Steel. I could see him think... on like a Sons of Anarchy, prequ- uh, like the prequel series oh, totally. or something like that. That's now, where do, I think his lane is. Do you think Henry Cavill was a good lead in Man of Steel? I didn't see it, so I don't know. I can't believe you haven't seen that. Um, I think that he did the best that he could. And I think that the script was just really weak. It's the so same, you... basically the same thing I feel about anytime you see Henry Cavill in the Superman outfit... He's doing the best that he can, but he's just getting these really shitty scripts. Again, beautiful dude. Looks like Superman. You know what I mean? Carries himself like Superman, but there's just no there's no magic behind it. I can't explain it. There's just no magic behind it. And when you think Only- of Superman, you're you're thinking of it's a hero that we put up on a pedestal, you know? I mean, if we're going to I mean, these days granted, he's Superman is the world's, but you know. Yes, yes. Let's go yes. old school. Truth, justice, the American way. You know, the flag waving behind him. He's got all of that, even though the dude's from... Where's he from? He's English, right? Come on. Yeah, come on, Is man. he? I think so. I think so. Well, well here's the, here's the <laughs> I thing. I think so, Here's the big thing for me. I think, like, for Henry Cavill, I think he has leading man qualities. Like, I think, like, oh, yeah. Man from Uncle sure. proved to me that he did. Totally. But for some reason... And here's the problem. Here's the thing that drives me crazy. If you give me someone with lead man qualities... And then you give me a script of someone that is the most powerful man on the face of the planet. How do I ruin that? And DC somehow. DC says, figure it out. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) We made each other laugh. How cute. We did. I wasn't that adorable. Dude. Like, I don't think most people could ruin that idea. And I and I, here's my issue, man. That's why I don't think Michael B. Jordan will do it. Because he's like, why would I put myself in that situation? In the, you're in the hands of writers for DC. I think it's crazy bold. And if he can do it, more power to him. Because he's going to be dealing with so much shit. Particularly Dude. in this country. Dude. I've He's already got to be doing. Yes, I've had conversations with people about this already, and they're trying to like, "Hey, man, let me ask you something." So, uh, you hear about this whole Michael B. Jordan thing? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, what do you what do you think about it, man? I'm like, first of all, I'm like, why are you whispering? You know what I mean? Oh, you already know it's bad. <laughs> well, you you know, already just, know. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong, man. It's like you know, I'm, um, I mean, I get it. You know, I, mean, I get it. Like you know, you know everything should be, everything should be equal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but but why do they got to do that? You know, I mean, Superman. Oh, yeah. Superman's white, right? I'm like, he's a fucking comic book character. He's, he, he could doesn't be, exist. He could yes. be fucking polka dot. I don't give a shit. For sure. And I mean that sincerely. Of course, I don't. I don't really want him polka dot. Of course, but of course. But you get what well, I'm saying. And it's just—it's it's, really funny yeah. just to kind of go straight face with people and be like, "No, I, I don't understand." Like, what do you mean? Well, you, 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 you know, no, I don't. Like, go ahead, dude. Enlighten me. They don't want to say. Ah, they don't want to say. Mind. Exactly. No, you're right. I'm sure he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Have dude. a good day. And they're not going to see it. They're not going to even. And, and my thing is, it's look, it's coming. It's around the corner. He, he's he's going to be either Hispanic, um, Latinx, black, 
or um, Native American. It's coming. He's gonna Asian. It's coming. So y'all just gotta break. You broke up on the uh, the second one. You said what was that? Lat. What'd you say? I said Latinx. Okay, maybe you didn't break up. I'm gonna feel really. I'm gonna feel stupid right now. What is Latinx? Well, Latinx is like instead of that's the new appropriate term to call. Uh, let me tell you the exact word. Latinx. It's a gender neutral term. Um, sometimes you in, use in lieu of Latino or Latina. It's a it's it's a gender neutral. So it's not like her or him. Sometimes it's when did them. this term come out? Like about noon oh, today? Like, um, no, a minute, dude. I've been saying Latinx for a while. Latinx. But I also make sure that I'm trying to make sure that uh, I'm using the right gender, um, you know, nouns or adjectives or whatever. Not going to touch this one. Let's move on. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Because, yeah, you got to be, you know, you got to be correct. I mean, if someone's like, this is how I like to be referred to. I'm like, well, then that's what I'm going to refer to you as. It's just like, be like, hey, I like to call you guys Negro still. I'll be like, you're not going to do that. Well, I'm saying I like to. Like, I get that, but you're not going to with me. I'm sorry. This is what you need to call us, or me at least. But anyway, um, he's not going to be white forever. Superman is not going to be white forever. And I don't know if people are hiding from Because look, the reality is we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what Henry Cavill... I can't blame Henry Cavill for saying, I don't know if I want to do this, if it's true. I can't blame him because he's like, look how good he did in other things. And if he drops out, there's no reason for them not to change, switch it up a little bit. Because let me tell you something. There is no question that DC saw what Black Panther did. No question. They saw that and said, um, look, (laughs) do we have any brothers or sisters that we can use for a movie or something? And it was just a beast of a movie, dude. And I think that they're looking for, and look at the one thing that they did do well was Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman crushed. And they were saying, please, to that director, they told her, hey, we need you to change something. Did you know they wanted to take away the war scene on the, on the, on the battlefield? The no man's land scene? They want to take that away. That would be ridiculous. She had to fight for it. The director had to fight for it, G. You know, this makes me feel bad for Ray Fisher in that scenario. What? What do you mean? Because they're like, you know, we really need to have a strong black lead. Fisher's like, hello? Hello? <laughs> they said to meet him here. That's oh, right. I guess I'll just sit here and wait for him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, That's hello, real. it's me. Seriously, seriously. They're like, shut, no, up, Ray. shut up, Ray Fisher. And here's the thing. Is Wonder Woman... Because they're from the it? 20s too, apparently. <laughs> shut up, Ray Fisher. Hey, come Keep on. Down. <laughs> But can't it's really, like can't really get true twenties with that because they would get a little ugly on here, bruh. If if they if Pat if they gave Patty Jenkins any like say hey you can do whatever you want with Wonder Woman she'd probably crush it again. Um, so they see that the best thing they have going for them is the um, you know the uh, the woman in the crew, and I don't know and I don't think people thought that was going to happen. I thought. I'm almost sure, obviously, because they released it. Tell me they didn't think Man of Steel was going to be the one. I thought it was going to be the one. It looked fantastic when we saw it on the trailer. Gee, the only reason I didn't see it is because of what people told me. And now people are telling me, no, it's really good. I'm like, oh, maybe I should have seen it then. I'm like, oh, yeah, check it out. It's real good. The little twists and turns they gave him. I'm like, oh, 
Well, then I'll, I'll watch it. I'll go as far as to say that it is one of the best, the better submissions. I'll say that, not best. The better submissions from the DC Universe so far. Uh-oh. You know what so I mean? Like the DC, well, no, you're, I for, thought you meant comic books in comic books. No, no, no. I'm talking about like the, the, the DCU. Let's see. I'll rank them. Is it better than Justice League? Mm, I do like a good origin story. Uh, I'm going to say this. I'm not even going to rank them. I think the, the best submissions so far are probably Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, obviously. And then really, it's just Justice League, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm not even counting like Suicide Squad. That abortion, and you're not counting Batman. That abortion. Uh, Batman v Superman? Yes. Mm. You know, I really didn't care for that movie very much. But I'll tell you this. I did like Affleck in that movie. Like if they would have just gone full Batman movie on there, they, it would have been perfect for me. Well, I think the, the, big, the big thing I'm about fickle. Batman versus Superman is um, it had it really did Superman well as far as that one scene when the Batmobile crashed into him and it was the equivalent of crashing into like a pole and it went spinning in the other direction and then Superman ripped off the top of the Batmobile. I was like, that is Superman. That was dope that because right I, like, I like an angry Superman. Superman. Yes, and then his eyes kind of... I'm like, oh, snap. He can just do that right now? Yeah. He could kill Batman right now. And he's like, I'm going to give you the okay to live right now. But, bruh, chill on the following me, though. You know what, dude? Uh, Man of Steel, getting back to that one. I'm trying to think of my initial reaction. Because we went with my friend Mike. It was myself, Gail, and Mike. We went to the movies. It was funny, man. We're sitting there. We're watching this movie. And... It's one of those, man, I really, is it going to take off here pretty soon? Like, you know, when are we going to get to the action? Uh-oh. Looks great, but when are we getting to the action? So we're, <laughs> I can't even remember what part it was, but it was like one of the more crucial parts of the movie where you need to be quiet. <laughs> Suddenly I just hear, <laughs> it's Gail. She's just oh out. Oh my God. <laughs> She's just what? out, dude. And it was loud. Like the whole theater heard it. It was hilarious. Did she really fall asleep during Man of Steel? She spoke her mind, man. She didn't like it. For how long? What do you mean for how long? How long was she sleeping? Like, yes. Well, she immediately woke up and I nudged her. I'm like, hey, people are laughing. <laughs> and then she was up. He, oh my gosh, dude. It that was a good one best. too. It was it was funny. It was just like one like, but everyone heard it. That is so funny. And, but did it, because I know, okay, obviously, I know that, you know, what happens at the end because we it begins at Batman versus Superman. And um, the funny thing is, that's one thing that DC did well or Snyder did well where everything was falling and crashing around him and people were like, look, Superman wouldn't have done that. But it w- I wonder if he had it in his mind that this was going to be the next movie or if he's like, I need to clean up that bull crap I did. So let's just say that Batman got upset by it. I don't know. I don't know, man. I just think these this whole franchise is just flat. I don't... It's like I'm trying to give you a good opinion of things. And again, I'm excluding Wonder Woman. I loved that movie. I really did. But everything else, I'm just trying to give you information. It truly doesn't... I could take it or leave it. If it never, if I never saw it, I would be okay with it. Dang. That's the truth. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, sound like some elitist or anything like that. But it's just none of those movies, as much as I wanted them to, hit me in a way where I'm going to, re- I'm not going to remember these movies. Ten years down the line, not even going to worry about it. So your final judgment is Michael B. Jordan if Henry Cavill drops out. Not necessarily. Show me something better. You know what Show I mean? Show me the money. Yeah. Show me the money. Yes. I want to sure. see Cuba Gooding Jr. in the Superman role, but as radio. 
Oh, no, here's what I want. <laughs> here's what I want. I want Michael B. Jordan to save somebody from like a plane falling and then um and then Cuba Gooding as his character from Jerry Maguire coming out and saying, "I love black people." That would be freaking awesome. Is that a line in Jerry Maguire? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. It's one of my favorite movies of all I, time. You know, yeah. I don't have that one memorized. I do. I like it, but I don't have it memorized. Like, I just keep thinking of the little kid with the bees. Uh, what do you say? A human head weighs eight pounds. That kid. Oh, dude, come on. Is that fuck? That kid. Yeah. He was so good. Oh, but have you seen him lately? No, I'm kind of afraid to. Is he? Did he bust a Haley Joel Osment out? No, he's he did the opposite. He is ripped to the shreds, and he's an MMA fighter. Really? Yeah, ripped to shreds, dude. Hmm. And it makes me feel old when I see him. I'm like, goodness, am I that old? Let me tell you what else makes me feel old. Okay, this is, look what you did, Michael. You took us on a tangent, but I got to say, do you know Speaker Box, The Love Below is 15 years old? Holy hell. <laughs> no shit. Let me As of let me uh, or today. let me 101 this for people just in case. The song Dude. "Hey Ya" by Outkast yes. is 15 years old. 15 years old. Not the best song on that album, by the way. Gee, okay, how old are we getting? Oh, you, know, you know what? You're gonna depress me. <laughs> so you were in your time is low limited. 30s, I'm gonna have to cut dude. the show short. Gee, you were in your low 30s. Yeah, I was dude. 30. Dude. I was 30 years old. Oh my God. I'm like, 30 sucks. Didn't realize 30 was going to be like the most awesome Holy decade ever. Christ. Oh, I don't think so. I think 40 is way better. So far. For you. For I think 40 in general. No, I'm enjoying my life. Don't get me wrong, but I loved my 30s. You loved your 30s more loved than your them. 40s? Loved them. Can I ask you why? Did a lot of hashish. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm joking. No, I don't know. I think um, I wasn't working as much. Um, like if we'd have met in the 30s dude and we started doing this it would have been a whole other different show it probably would have sucked possibly because you're you're very older and learned that's a big deal and i can't just talk with anybody of you know that's not to my mental levels man and i don't think in the 30s you were ready for your boy you weren't ready yet g these people weren't ready for this (laughs) And so, yeah, it's 15 years old. It made me feel super old, super old. But yes, 15 so, years old. Man. Wow. Yeah, we're getting we're getting old. And so we're, what I've come away with when this segment is Michael B. Jordan for Superman and Hey Ya is making me feel very old. I like the way you move is 15. That's crazy. Oh, that's a good song. That's ins- that, what? No, it was not. Damn. I like the boom, boom, boom. No. I liked it. Kiss my ass. Really? Fight me on it. I don't care. Okay. Okay. Well, then I'm gonna quiz you. Not a quiz, but this is like a fun, a fun question. How old do you think Miss Jackson is? Okay. Uh, let's see. So we got 15 years for Speaker Box. Mm-hmm. Stankonia came out in hmm. 99. No, I'm going too far back, aren't I? 2000? I'm not saying nothing. I'm not saying anything. <clears throat> Hold on. I just got, I got, I got all jacked up right now. So this year it's 18, 15 years ago. So 2003. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, 2000. 
the year you 2000. Are right on the money, dude. Yeah, I had to, I had to think. Of, I was a year off. I had to do my maths again because I'm not good at those things. Dude, that is 18 years old. Mm-hmm. What is going on with time? I remember the first time I heard bombs over Baghdad. I'm like, oh, gee, shit. International. Bro. I was like, oh, I was like, gee, Andre 3000 is crazy. That was when, okay, we all knew already. But that's when we were like, oh, Andre 3000 is the truth. This dude's on a whole other level. Who is this dude? Because you know what? I'll be honest with you. I knew about Cash, but I didn't. I wasn't really super familiar with him at the time. So when Stankonia came out, that was like my real introduction to them. And then I had to go backwards and learn it all over again. And holy shit, man. There's such good that music. That dude was ridiculous. But yes. Is music getting better or worse? Because worse. Okay, I'm going to have to agree with you, dude. And I don't know if that just makes us sound old. But this does not sound like it came out 18 years ago. Come on. I just remember going, what is this? Remember the box? You remember watching the box, dude? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's where I saw this was on the box. Wasn't it? Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Hold up. Three thousand, dude. No one was touching him back then. He was so ridiculous. He was so ridiculous. Uh, I wish you could see this video. That dude used to rip. That dude used to rip. Chill out, people. We'll get going in a second here. Come on, everybody. That dude was so ridiculous. Did we turn anyone that on to something new right now? I doubt it, but still. If you uh, have yes, never heard that did. before, if you've never heard Stankonia before, now trust me, people are going to be like, yeah, but you got to go back to Atlians. And yes, you're right. It's all good. But something about Stankonia, they were like, they were like growing right there, I think. They were like shifting their mindset. And they just did something really fucking awesome with that album. That is one of my all time favorite albums, Stankonia. Um, I think we have a lot of young listeners, so maybe they didn't hear that song. Maybe they haven't heard that song before. I think we have listen. If we have a list, if we have listeners that are thirty. Oh, we definitely years ago, have they that. They were twelve, dude. Yeah, so but maybe their parents they didn't were hip. Hear that? Oh, dude, no, they were. They were. Their parents weren't listening to that daggone song, G. You know what's really crazy? I was I was working huh. with this student one time, and, and he was in his twenties, and I, we were just talking about music. It was on, and I'm like, so. Like, what do you listen to? And he told me a bunch of shit he listens to. And he's like, I go, well, what did your parents listen to? He's like, oh, you know, all that old shit, like Pearl Jam and Nirvana. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Oh, no. But that's not bad. Dude, dude, listen. I think I think our music is so good. Like, the music that we listened to was so, was so good that it just doesn't age. Like, my son listens to the music I used the hip-hop I used to listen to. Like, he listened to N.W.A. and just thought it was crazy. He listened to uh, Snoop, thought it was crazy. Listened Tribe to Called Jay, Quest. Crazy. Tribe, he thinks it's the best group ever assembled. The De La. Yeah, all these cats, he thought they were great. Nowadays, they're not going to age that well. You're not going to listen to guys now, 20 years from now, and be like, ugh, no. He's just not going to. I mean. Who's going to last, Steve? Using your expertise right now? here. Who's, who's going to last? Who's going to be around out of this generation? Uh, Kendrick Lamar. That's what I thought you were going to say. And J. Cole. I don't have Those any J. Cole two are gonna, yeah. 
J. Cole and Kendrick are going to be around. They're going to be around for a very long time because those are two guys that actually are pre like I saw a video and they were they were just chilling and they started rapping Tupac to each other like word for word, dog. And I was like, oh, these people like music. They love hip hop music because they just know the lyrics. And I'm like, oh, they're they're students. The students of hip hop will always survive. They'll always survive. And so they're going to survive. Do you think there are exceptions then? Like if people, these people that we're talking about that were young when this music came out, if that sounds old to them, how old do you think, like say Tupac sounds or Biggie? Do you think that they kind of stand that test of time and they get the exception? They get the past, they're oh, timeless? Sure. I think so too. Tupac is just t- timeless. Big, I mean, with I mean, if only for his verse off Mo Money, Mo Problems with B-I-G, P-O, P-P-A, no info for the D-E-A, Federal. I mean, that... That that verse right there is crazy enough for him. And that's not even his best verse. But that's enough for people to be like, oh, that verse is going down in the, the annals of time. That was a crazy verse. And so, yeah, Biggie is going to be timeless, let alone Juicy, uh, juicy and, and, and uh, Notorious Thugs. All those songs, yeah, they're going to go down. Pac is going to be... Anytime, as soon as you put on um, California, people are going to know, knows how to pod automatically forever. It's just never going to go away. Everyone's going to know Hail Mary. They're going to know it. And then later on generations, they're going to know because Jay uh, Jay was in Tupac and and uh, Biggie's generation. And so they're going to know H to the Izzo. They're going to know that. They're going to know, allow me to re- reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. They're going to know that. They're going to know Jigga. They're going to know that. They're going to know all these songs. But now, I don't know if people are going to know these young kids' songs, period. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Where do you think trap music's going to end up in around 20 oh, years from dude. now? I mean, people will still listen to it, but I don't think it's going to. Ha- it might. I might be totally wrong. And I might be my, my mom or dad or whatever. But I don't think it's going to have the lasting. Uh, the lasting sound that that uh, classic hip hop has. It's just not going to. I don't think we're going to be listening to it and uh, listening to. I don't think we're going to have a trap song as timeless as Regulate. It's just not. Speaking of like timeless bands and, and classic hip hop, not really bands, but groups and classic hip hop. How do you think this holds up? I don't even know where you stood on this originally, but I'm curious. Does this hold up or is it dated? I already have my opinion, by the way. All right. Mm-hmm. You ain't gonna believe this place. Word. I'm telling you, come on, you're gonna bug. Really? You're hey, gonna give me like a whole fucking a skit? Rock and roll museum. You guys don't belong in here. <laughs> Do you know who this is? Give, give us, us respect. respect. All right, my friend. <laughs> um, it's dated. Yes. It's yeah, very it's dated, dated now, man. But, I mean, there, there's certain ages where it just is because they were just, it was like, it was like. Um, well, they were making the templates, man. Yes, they were discovering fire. Yeah, And then exactly. people took fire and made these amazing bombs and this and huge things out of it. But that was. You can, and it, I think from there, you hear how the, I gave it, oh, bit it, uh, to be yeah. it, uh, that thing. Uh-huh. But then when, then when Rakim came in and he was just like, a pissed at the pot, to taste, saw, pot, to taste, then everybody's like, oh, you can do that? 
I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could. And Big Daddy Kane, those dudes start being real smooth with the raps. And LL Cool J start being smooth with the raps. And that changed the cadence. But before then, that's all we rapped. That's how you did it. Until, uh, you know, when we heard LL Cool J is hot as boom, battling anybody. We're like, oh, wait a minute. What is this? Like, what? This is crazy. Yeah, so, man. Yeah. I remember seeing that tour, the Raising Hell tour. And they came through Fresno and it was, let's see, it was Run DMC was the headliner. But listen to this fucking Oh my God. But it was only like, you know how like some, sometimes you go to rap shows and it's like, this artist is going to come out and do like literally one song. Yes. That's what it totally. was. The opener was this this young dude by the name of Too Short that had a Shut song called up. Freaky Tales. He just did Shut Freaky Tales. Up. Yeah. Just did Freaky Tales and then he left. That was it. I'm like, okay. Oh my right. gosh. And then, let's see who was next. Oh, and then Houdini came out. And Houdini Friends. did like a, I don't know. Yeah. No, no. I, no, excuse me. Let me take it back a little bit further than that. After... Too short. I want to make sure I'm saying this right. After too short, these three dudes came out that no one knew who they were. They were called the Beastie Boys. Shut up. And damn. they just did. They just did slow and low and hold it now. Hit it that and then is they left. The tempo. That was a jam. Hold it now. That is so funny. Yeah, it was that. But no one knew who they were. And then I think License to Ill had just come out. If I'm not mistaken, like they didn't even do Fight for Your Right to Party. That's how like unknown they were. And then after that. No, it was just hold it now, hit it, and slow oh, and, hold it and then they hit. left. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I think it was like Def Jam recording artists. This is the Beastie Boys. You'll be hearing about them soon. It was like something like that. And then sure after did, that, yeah. it yeah, just a little bit. And after that, it was Houdini. So it was still in that time frame. They came out. They that did is Friends. Crazy. They did. Um, what else did they do? I just blanked, man. And I know Houdini very well too. And I can't think of it. Uh, Five minutes of funk. I think they did that one. <laughs> did he have his hat on? Yes, of course he had his hat on. <laughs> of course he did. I was so wondering. then I was like. But then they said, all right, so now we got three other acts to show you. So this little band comes, this little group comes out and just murdered the stage. Uh, what was their name? I think they were called Public Enemy, Steve, comes Shut out. Up. Public Shut Enemy comes up. out. and play, Yeah, they played their set. What was the name of the first album? It was, uh, uh, yo, Bum Rush the Show, right? Wasn't that the first one? I think that was it. I, but I am not well versed at Public Enemy. I'm, I'm thinking Public Enemy did like some of the songs off of that. And then... Fucking lights come back on, you know, stage clears. They put out a new DJ, like a new DJ setup, and then the lights go back off again. And a fucking gigantic boombox lowers onto the stage. And we're talking probably like no. like 20 feet long by like, I don't know, 12 Dang. feet high. Yeah. The fucking cassette player opens up, creates like stairs. LL yes. walks out with a Kangol on come and does on. a whole set. Young LL does Did a whole kill? set. Oh, he murdered it. It was awesome. And then you know, it's, it's, it's so long ago, though. Like, I don't remember it, but I remember it. You know what I mean? Dang. And then after that, it was just Run DMC. And they came out and they, and they killed it. But they were the shit at the time. You know what I mean? Like, it was the Raising Hell tour. It was huge. See, I saw Run DMC. And when Run DMC came out, everyone left. Where was That's this? That's the when age was this? I saw it. It was 99. And everyone was waiting. But everybody Fresno was, State Amphitheater? Like, uh, no, it was at um, it was at uh, the Sound Arena. It was like the summer jam. Remember when Fresno used to have not summer jam, but some sort of jam where they'd invite a bunch of like people from B ninety five. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so some reason, Lisa last... Lisa and Colt Jam's always there. That's funny. <laughs> no, they had, but Naughty by Nature showed up. So when they started Hip Hop Hooray, people went 
bonkers, G. I was like, oh, because I had just come to Fresno. I'm like, oh, y'all know that song out here? <laughs> I was like, I didn't think y'all knew hip hop out here. But when they started doing a boom, boom, like the, the music came on, people went bonkers, G. I was like, oh, people know Naughty by Nature out here. And then at the end, Run DMC came out. People started walking out and Run DMC was like, oh, y'all don't like old hip hop? Y'all only trying to hear us? I'm like, people are leaving during Run DMC's set? And you're making they were the them final feel bad person. about it. Ow, I felt, to, I, I couldn't believe they did that. I was like, gee, you, this is Run DMC. I was pumped to hear Run DMC. Now, I remember in San Luis Obispo, it made like papers that Public Enemy came to, San, uh, to um, Cal Poly. Like... It made the papers like, oh my gosh, this black group is coming to Cal Poly called Public Enemy. Like it was huge. And they tore down the set. I mean, they, they ripped, I heard that they were like, man, they ripped that tour to shreds. But they had to compete with this. Jeez. Yeah, you ain't messing with that. You ain't messing with that. Tretch had his own thing going on back then too. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was a little bit, he rapped a little bit faster than a lot of them. Well, if you hear, like listen to his cadence, watch this. Well, that's not him. What was that dude's name? I forgot his name. KG or KG. Listen, here we go. There we go. Come on. Okay, now check this out. Now, remember that cadence? Yes, sir. He wrote Criss Cross's verses. That's why Criss Cross sounded like Tretch. Because he wow. wrote. You know something? Song. I feel like I should know that, but I don't, and it makes complete sense to me. Yeah, now that you now you think about it, you're like, oh yeah, they sounded just like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm the wicked, wicked, wicked. They're like, oh, that's trash. I didn't even think about that. But the genius is Jermaine Dupree knowing who to get to write their verses. They're like, oh, I know exactly who to write jump. We're just gonna get trash to do it. It's genius. And they but for kids, they wrapped a trash verse, which is crazy. And they did it well. So yeah, this was it was a golden age, bro. We're never gonna get that again. I gotta see where you weigh in on this. I think I already know. I'm not telling uh -oh. you what I think. I'm just curious okay. how where you weigh in. All right. Okay. What's this do for you? I mean, who doesn't get hype? <laughs> that beat alone, G. That beat is crazy. I like the horse in the background. Do I even? I don't even know this song. Really. Well, Steve, allow me. Pack it up, pack it in. Let me begin. I came to win. Battle me. That's a sin. I won't give my sack up. Punk, you better back up. Try to play the role, and you're the whole crew will act up. Get up, stand up. Come on, throw your hands up. You get the point. So yeah. Look at this guy. <laughs> Look at this guy. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah I, Product I mean, of the nineties, like, ladies and gentlemen. I love. Um, the only thing. Here's the problem. That was whack. I know problem. it was. I'm sorry. No, here's the issue. Now when I think of House of Pain... Like somewhere, that's going to turn against me one of these days. No, it won't. It's that's going to be out there floating around now. For me, I think when I think of House of Pain, I think of Eminem destroying him. Oh, of course. It. I, yeah, and it's hard for me to but think I'm about that. This is pre-Eminem. I know, but it's hard for me to now take because they had that beef and Eminem just crushed him. And it's hard for me to get that out of my head. But that beat is undeniably ridiculous. That beat is crazy. 
Like, I would have loved to be on the studio session in there where as soon as the beat comes on, they're just like, do we have to write anything to this? We can say anything over this beat and people are going to lose their minds. Now, I would have loved to hear what Tretch would have done over that beat. That's what I would have loved to see what Naughty by Nature would do over that. Because hmm. I, think, I think Tretch would have destroyed that track. Tretch would have acted a lazy fool over that track. But look, House of Pain killed. House of Pain killed. And you know who, House of Pain reminds me, like that beat is a very uh, Naughty by Nature slash Cypress Hill beat. Like I could imagine Cypress Hill doing something over that beat too. Funny you should mention them. People are like, when the fuck are they going to start talking about movies? He was so good. Be Real was his shit. He was good. Can I tell you a story about Be Real real quick? Please. It's really not about Be Real, but he just shows up in it, okay? Okay. So, and then we'll get to, you know, and then after that, I promise, we'll start talking about movies and stuff. So check okay. it out. So Gail and I went to go see Tenacious D. Oh, that you know who Tenacious D is, already. right? Already, yes. All right, so we went to go see Tenacious D in Hollywood at the Rainbow. I think it was the Rainbow. And while we were there, there was... The, okay, let me take it back one step further. The first time we saw Tenacious D, I'm going to give... It's a long story, so I'm just going to tell you what happened. Essentially, okay. I, I didn't eat... We had to jam from Fresno to Anaheim to catch this show. We had like three and a half hours to get there. I decided to have a few drinks, you know, right before the show with nothing in my stomach. Ends up, I get fucked up. I get kicked out of the show. Ruins her whole night, okay? My fault. I'm taking 100% blame for it. So the next time Tenacious D comes up, I'm like, look, baby, I'm going to make it up to you. Got these tickets right here. And uh, we go to Hollywood. So we're in Hollywood and Tenacious D's doing their thing. And we're like up on the balcony. We're watching the show. And there's this drunk chick that's behind us with her friend. This real effeminate dude who's like egging the situation on, which I'll get to in just a moment. And she's suddenly set her sights on Gail. Gail's doing nothing. She's just there. She was there first because we're in front. And this chick just does not like Gail because she's in her way. And this bitch is in my way. And like really drunk. And she's like... I'm going to pull this bitch's hair and da, 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 da. And she's like starting to say things. And my blood is starting to boil, trying to behave myself. First of all, it's a woman. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to, trying to behave myself. And then her friend starts saying shit like, yeah, hit that bitch and throw her down the stairs and all this stuff. And then it got ugly. And again, I'll shorten up the story, but it got ugly. So then again, I ended up sort of ruining Gail's night again. Tenacity. So I know I was talking about Cypress Hill, be real. So anyway, we decide that we're just going to leave the show because even though I was trying to protect her, I ended up ruining her night. She was really, really pissed off at me. So now we're out on Hollywood Boulevard and we're like screaming at each other about this. We're having this fight. We go walk down a little bit of ways and we're sitting down and I'm like, God damn it, babe. It wasn't my fault. I was just trying to protect you and I don't understand why you're mad at me and everything. And as I'm saying this, Be Real comes walking by. So I'm like, you know, it's really fucked up, man, that you even think, why would I even like take you out of town? Hey, what's up, Be Real? How you doing, man? All right. Let's be real. Anyway, goddammit. That was it. That's all, it's the whole thing. That but is he, so funny. But he gave me a WhatsApp. You know, he gave me that little thing and then he walked on. But um, yeah, that's my Where be real this? experience. This was, I have the concert ticket somewhere, but it's uh, it was on Hollywood Boulevard, a Tenacious D concert in front of the Rainbow. Right across the street, if I'm mistaken, I think it's the Rainbow, but it was right across the street from the Hustler store. I remember that. So wait, be real was at a Tenacious D concert? Dude, it's LA. No, they were just walking around. Oh, okay. You know, Hollywood's weird like, that way. You just walk weird. by people all the time at night, and it's not a big that's deal. That's true. That is utterly true. I know. It was, it was kind of like a uh, anticlimactic story, but since we were talking about him, that was my experience with him. That is totally fair. 
I mean, I look, dude, look. I, but you know what? Since we're on music. <laughs> Let's just do all music today. Fuck the movies. Since we're all on music, I just want to say something. Because maybe we should talk about what we've been trying to talk about. Yes. And you know what? Melissa, listen. listen. <laughs> oh, no. Called out by name. I know you like your boy. That's your, I mean, this is your boy. Machine Gun Kelly is your boy. And look, listen. Melissa, I don't I know what nothing, he's going to say. I'm just saying. I have nothing against him. But we all need to chill. This last week, <laughs> this last two weeks, there's been a, now there's just a spattering. But before we, there was people we saying. We really wanted to talk about this a couple weeks ago, we by did. the way. But it's still smattering. And people are still saying, well, you know, MGK did a good job. Hey, let me tell you something. When you go up against Eminem, I've heard a few people do it. The best person that I've heard yet so far is MGK. I was like, well, this is a catchy song. You know what I'm saying? I I, I really couldn't hate on it. I was like, look, it's a catchy song. He didn't do a bad, you know, when I first saw Rap Devil, I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Um, When you're in, remember, first of all, we have to give MGK props. He went up against Goliath. And we missed that in hip hop. We haven't had a person go after Goliath for freaking ages. I mean, like this is reminiscent of cannabis going after LL Cool J on his own tr- on his own track. You know what I'm saying? This is reminiscent of those years where people are punching up because they're like, "Look, I think I could outwrap you. I don't care how dope you are. I think I could outwrap you." MGK apparently took some major drugs. And said, I think I can out-rap Eminem. Something happened where he fell, hit his head, rolled into the studio and said, you know what would be a good idea? If I go after Eminem. But I think more people should do that. More people should punch up to Eminem. So I listened to Rap Devil. And I'm like, well, will you? Because look, Eminem sent a few lines to him off his album, Kamikaze. It wasn't even bad lines. (laughs) It wasn't crazy. But MGK decided, I'm going to put out a whole song against Eminem. Now, I listen to the song, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, okay, the beat's cool. I'm like, okay, what's this brother talking about? You know, and I'm like, okay, what is going to be his... his oh, my God, Bonnie. Co- hey, somebody grab him some clippers. His fucking beard is weird. Tough talk from a rapper paying millions for security a year. I think my dad's going... Yeah, Haley, you right. Dad's always mad, cooped up in the studio, yelling at the mic. You sober and bored, huh? All right. You know? So he went after now, Haley. Now, here's the problem. Now, <laughs> here's the thing. He's doing okay. And I'm like, okay, whatever. He's doing his thing. The fact that he's going after people, going after Eminem, fine. But I love that he went in and he's like, I'm sick of them sweatsuits and them cordy hats. Let's talk. I'm like, oh, this is a, this is everyone, when you're battling, you need a hook. Yeah, what he you, brought the what hook. What is your thing? He brought a hook saying, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it, I'm going to talk about what people are sick of with Eminem. He's like, I'm sick of you being rich and still mad. That's talk. I'm like, so am I. Because there's not much you can be mad about, really. You can't say a lot of the stuff you said on the first Marshall, uh, the first Eminem LP, some Sadie LP, because you were broke then. The Marshall Mathers LP, we were still dealing with it because you were still on the come up. But later on, you can't really talk about we got sick of you talking about your mom and this and this and this and that and all that because you're rich. You're filthy rich now. And he's like, both of us single dads from the Midwest. Let's talk about it. Now, I was like, cool. It it, it goes. Let's just go with that. I'm perfectly fine. Now, verse two 
is the verse that I'm like, wait a minute. Because verse one, I'm not impressed. I'm like, MGK, come on, dude. And then the chorus hits. I'm like, okay, I like the I like what you're doing here, MGK. And then he comes with a story about um, how Shady had blackballed some rappers or whatnot. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is interesting. Now, mind you, a lot of people ain't trying to hear this bullcrap. What they want to hear is, I want you to demolish somebody. But I thought it was clever what he was saying. He was like, he was talking to me like, hey, let's leave 50 out of this. Eminem, you pushing 50. I'm like, oh. <laughs> he is. It's funny. He brings I mean, sway it's, into it about why he can't go on Shade 45. Yes. And I was like, um, and the thing in here, but here's the problem. Like, reading it, I was like, uh, uh, he said, um, He's like, yes, I'm an, I'm acknowledge you're the goat. That's where you messed up. You don't do that in a battle rap. Why do you put out there, fine, I'll admit you're the goat. Do you know what that means? That means I'll admit that you're better than me. Yeah. You can't do that. You have to say like you saw I'm, you saw the shielding go down for just a second. That's it. That's it. If you and then everything else, um, I loved how he's like, uh, you have weak needs. The slim shady can't stand up. I thought that was fun, but you can't have followed, you can't have uh, preceded it with, okay, I'll, I'll admit you're you're you know you're uh, the goat. You can't, dude. You just can't. You have to say, I think I'm better than you. I think I can outwrap you, and I think you're overrated, bruh. Now we're talking. Now we're in a battle. This is going to be fun. But when you acknowledge, acknowledge he's the goat, you kind of just squashed everything you said. That's really, there's no defense on that one. You know what I mean? Like you you're can't. saying it right there. I'm saying all you, this shit, but I, you're still the best. You're still the greatest of all time. You're still Makes the no greatest goddamn of sense. all time. And so everything after that, I was like, I kind of listened. I was like, I mean, it's fine. He had a really, he had some really fun you know, fun lines or whatever, but the best thing he had was the second verse on the chorus. And I knew in my brain, I said, he's not coming back. It was fun for you to shoot out there, but guess who isn't going to respond to you? Eminem. He has no time for this. My friend, apparently he was sitting there and watched the last episode of CSI and was bored stiff. Because man, oh man, did he have a pen and a paper with him. Because literally days, if not the next day, Eminem said, oh, you want the smoke? You want all the smoke? Because I got all the smoke if you want the smoke. And bruh. Eminem came in. We, I can't even, I cannot recite all the things that every single line Eminem said was to let, he even started off being like, oh, you got a weird beard and uh, you know what I'm saying? You yelling in the mic, you're so strange, you're so weird, you're so, he made fun of him off the jump and he's like, okay, let me go ahead and destroy you. He said, here's the big thing. He said, he said, uh, uh, he said, playing dead is the only time you hold still. <laughs> what? <laughs> if that's the only line he said I was like no you did not no you did not he said say you run up on me like a 
He said, saying you run up on me like a phone bill spraying lead. Praying, playing dead, that's the only time you hold still. Are you eating cereal or oatmeal? <laughs> Come on, dog. Who is messing with Eminem? Who is messing with Eminem? He said, I'm 45 and I'm out selling you. By 29, I had three albums that had blue. So in other words, if you're chasing me, you are behind the eight ball already. It's over. By your age, I had had three ridiculous albums. You are never going to catch me. He said, I'd rather be the 80-year-old me than the young you. Come on. It's over. Like, it's just, it's it's brutal, dude, what he did Come to Come on. Him. Come on. He's like, and he says, you ain't never made a list next to no Biggie or no Jay. I did. I'm on that list. Who are you talking to? You ain't never been next to Pac, Biggie, Jay. I am said on that list of rappers for much of the population. Who are you? Gee, why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about this? The more I talk about it, the more I understand. Eminem gave him all the smoke. Melissa, you need to calm down with your boy. <laughs> you need to calm down with your boy. You need to tell your boy to chill. There is two. Okay, and here's, here's my thought. Here's my thought. I was like, so I wonder, what is what did he think? I think he thought that Eminem's not going to say anything back. That's what he thought. And Eminem had the time. He had the time. And he and took his time. Like, he took his time. Didn't even have a chorus. He said, let me just blaze you. Oh, gee. He didn't even need a chorus. He's like, let me just blaze you for a while. You done? Come on. We're doing this once. We're doing this once, he said. Rihanna just hit me on a text. Last night I left hickeys on her neck. Wait, you just dissed me? I'm perplexed. Insult me in a line, compliment me on the next. Damn, I'm really sorry you want me to have a heart attack. See that? See that? an eight mile, I'm on auto track. Realized I forgot to call you back. Here's that autograph for your daughter. I wrote it on a starter cap. Stand, stand, son, listen, man, dad isn't mad, but how you gonna name yourself after a damn gun and have a man bun? <laughs> Come on, Jay, listen, how you listen. Name your damn self after Here's a gun thing. and have a man He's, bun. He said, you diss me in one line, and then you love me the next, you literally said I'm the goat. Okay, he could have ended it there. He could have ended it there because he's like, dude, how are you gonna tell me that I'm the best? And then say, oh, but never mind. We really are, you know, um, I'm still gonna kill you. Gee, come on, dude. Let, okay, let me let me let me tell you something. If you're going to punch up, you either A have to know without a shadow of a doubt that they're not gonna punch down, or B, you have to be superior to them. Think of all the the biggest rap beefs that you know about. Common, Cube, Cannabis, LL. Um, uh, we're talking uh, um, Easy e Snoop, uh, or Dre and them. Uh, we're talking, I mean, Pac and everybody, but Pac and Big, more logically, Jay Nas. All of them had, hey, we're going against each other and who knows who's gonna win? Who knows? Because they knew if he does respond, I'm good enough to beat him. 
the first thing you messed up on is you went in there 145 pounds sopping wet into Mike Tyson's ring and thought, well, maybe he won't hit me. That's your bet? That maybe he won't hit you? You got to go in there thinking, if he does hit me, I can still stay standing. But you went in there with Mike Tyson. You know if he accidentally clips you, you're knocked out. And Eminem didn't just clip you. It's game, set, match. I will be surprised if people remember anything but, except for your super fans. If they remember anything but you getting slaughtered. Now, all that being said, we need more MGKs in the game. We need more people that are saying, you know what? I think I'm better than you. Go for it. Now, but go for it knowing at this point that they're going to respond. Imagine they're going to respond. You have to be better than them. You can't. I think MGK thought he wasn't going to say nothing. I, that's the only thought I could possibly have is that he wasn't going to say anything. But I don't know he how he could have really something. thought that, but like I could see him feeling very confident in what he put out. Oh, totally. Because you forgot that. I mean, how many people has, I mean, Eminem has a bear. I looked at it like, look, I looked at it like this. MGK comes out. He's got a semi flashy video. You know, he's carrying around a shovel and shit like that. He's got a cereal. He's got that good hook that we were talking about and he struck first. So it made huge waves. But of the thing course. was, and everyone gave him like accolades, dude. They were like, that. a lot of people said that was good. And I thought it was good too. But the only problem is, is that you know the other shoe is going to drop. And it's going to drop hard. And it, it did. It dropped with a, and the, here's the issue, man. Repercussions Eminem, are a bitch. Eminem went after cannabis. Cannabis is a rapping fool at the time. Cannabis was a beast who had just gotten off arguably beating LL. People still go back and forth. Cannabis was a beast. Eminem went after cannabis and destroyed him. MGK couldn't couldn't outwrap that cannabis. So if you can't outwrap that cannabis, don't go after this Eminem. You have to be able to outwrap the people that before fell to him. So if I'm going behind a rapper and looking all the dead bodies that he's left in his wake and I can't out I can't outwrap one of them, I shouldn't go after him. Now, if I can outwrap every single one, yeah, shoot up. You need to handle that business. Punch all the way up. But if there's one dead rapper in that person's wake that you cannot outwrap, just don't do it. You can't outwrap cannabis in his, in his best of times. You just can't. And here's the problem. Now, we got Royce the Five Nine on Twitter saying, if anyone else writes anything else, I'm coming for their neck. Now you got Royce coming at people. Now, here's the situation. Eminem said something about Joe Budden. Now, Joe Budden is a problem. If Joe Budden gets back in his bag again, now we have a fight. Because Joe Budden could wrap his tail off, and I think he could actually beat Eminem because this is what Joe Budden does. You just got to get him a reason to fight you. But MGK wasn't the one. But I love to see that Eminem is now in the ring again, ladies and gentlemen. Eminem's in the ring. He, that's what I'm talking about. Eminem's in the ring. Now, here's the problem. Here's my issue. He said, if you're not Cole or Kendrick, why did you not? Why did you go after them? Why did you say not them? That's my problem. Now, Eminem, come on, G. The Eminem I used to know, he'd be like, I have the smoke for anybody. Now, what that tells me is 
he don't want no piece of J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. He knows J. Cole can rap. He knows Kendrick can rap. He thinks Joe Budden can't. And I don't know where he got that crazy thought from. When that dude said, I'm, he said, um, if it's bridge or a tunnel, give a dog how I come across. I'm like, oh yeah, Joe Budden's a problem. Joe Budden can, he can outwrap a lot of people and he was in Slaughterhouse. So I'm eager to see who climbs in that ring with Eminem next. And M, I don't want you being quiet, bruh. Now that you've opened that smoke door, don't just keep it for MGK. You need to have it for everybody. So if Joe Budden steps in that ring, get the pin the pan ready. Get that pin ready to scribble because Joey is coming for a fight. I hope Joe Budden gets in that ring. Oh, I hope Joe Budden gets in that ring because Joe Budden's a problem. He is a problem. Anyway, that's it, brother. That's my hip hop minute. <laughs> that's my hip hop <laughs> minute. You mean me too? I was gonna be like, that's a Steve Hudson hip hop minute. Right there. When I start talking about this stuff, I get jazzed, man. I'm just gonna shut up and just let you do it, man. That's what you do. Gee, I get I think that's my you know, and look, okay, here, and again, I love you, Melissa. I do. You're <laughs> one of our loyal listeners. She is. And Here's the problem. Um, I don't want you to think that I came after your boy for no reason. I came after your boy because he got squidoshed. If he would have won, I would have been like, yay. But that dude got squidoshed. But again, I'm doing his thing where I give him props and dog him at the same time. He did. He shot up. He punched up. Um, you know, out of his weight class, hoping to, for the best, and Eminem stepped into that ring. It was just like, just to let you know, I'm still Eminem. But again, uh, I think Joe Budden needs a reminder. So if you're ready for that smoke, give Joe Budden that smoke. Then he said something small to Joe Budden, saying the last time you hit a, had a hit, it was against your girlfriend or whatever. That's that's not gonna get Joe Joe Budden out of retirement. It's not gonna happen. It's not it's not big enough. But if you make a whole song to Joe Budden. Joe Budden respond, and he might take a piece of your monkey tail with him. Strong piece of your monkey tail. So please, go after that, brother, if you really want that smoke. I'm treating this like a, a good math teacher would treat things, a math teacher philosophy, because you're not just here putting the answer down, Steve. You're showing your work. Yeah, I have to, because, and anyone who looks up Joe Budden's freestyles, you're going to be like, oh, <laughs> He did like two, I mean, he's just that guy. Now, there's other people that he could go after, but they're not worth it. I don't even think, I mean, this was fun because it was a whole song. And he, I think he's getting his, he, you know, he's just getting warmed up. But um, again, young people, young rappers, whoever you listen, whoever's listening, if you think you can beat everybody in a, in a rapper's wake, you have to punch up, people. You can't punch down. You got to say, in order to climb that ladder, Unless you just want to do the old corporate way. In hip hop days, be like, you want to know how I know I'm better than you? Because I'm going to beat you right now at this very second. I'm just going to take you out. And that's what you do. So I think that that's a great thing that we're seeing this. And the dope thing is no one's saying I'm going to come to your house and shoot you. It's all on wax. This is all on paper, pen, wax right now. And everybody walks away alive. And this is the best way to handle business and this is a great thing to see i just get so excited when i see this kind of stuff and you don't see it very often 
It's just a fun, fun, fun way of saying I'm better than you. And Eminem proved paper and pen with this situation, I'm better than you. Maybe you could beat me at basketball, football, badminton, soccer, something like that. Rap, though, is my arena. And in said arena, I'm the king. And as king, I have to let you know that you are not on my level. And Eminem did that. I did see, though, that Machine Gun Kelly had tweeted something out. And uh, he was saying that, you know, it's cool to be able to have, like, you know, rap beefs and things like that. But when you start doing death threats, what the fuck? Like, what's your problem? So... He's got a point. You know what I mean? Like, do we really need to go down this fucking road again? I don't think there have been... I, but who's put a death threat out? I don't know. I don't think he's being specific about it, but... I mean, he's probably... I mean, if he's You, gonna, think, he's, you think he's making drama? Of course! Maybe. What death threats are you talking about? When does Eminem, I think, you know what? I think it's safe enough to say that there are some stupid-ass people on social media that would say yes, something stupid. but like it's that. not him. It's not... It's one of those things where if it's on wax and be like, I'll shoot you tomorrow... People have said way worse and didn't do it, obviously. They're like, yeah, we say that on wax. You know, I'm not going to sit there. I'm not going to dig up your mom's corpse, rape her, and bury her again. We say that because it's supposed to be going after you. So unless one of Eminem's people said it to him directly or tried to shoot him or something, he, if this is, this is lightweight. This isn't no Vaseline. This is not that. If you had to take no Vaseline, let me ask you another way. Yeah. What's the greatest diss track in your opinion? You obviously know mine now because I just sort of, of ruined course. it. Um, <laughs> look, I am by, Oh, uh, uh, Tupac hit him up. That's a good one too, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the first one to like, it was one of the first that people were like, that's why I screwed your wife. Biggie talking about like Pop talking about face Biggie's wife G. It's a crazy diss. And he's like, first up, get your bro, come on. I think Cube had like Cube resonated with me though, because I was really into Cube at the time. And like they put out uh oh god, what was that second NWA album that was just atrocious? Straight out of Compton, niggas for life, then a hundred miles and running. Because I think Cube was only on one, right? He was only on the first one, yeah. Yeah, he's only on Straight Outta Compton, and then I didn't even that, bother with 100 Miles and Running. I didn't like that one very it much. It wasn't bad. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I didn't mind you. It was before. I knew something was different, for sure. I knew yeah, something. No cube. Something was playing different, and then you know. So you think Cube's No Vaseline is the best rap beef track ever? Well, you know what? You're talking to a guy that's not as versed as you are, but I'm oh, saying no, no, no. for me, it, that's a lot of people think that. Yeah, I would, that's, I would yeah. say so, but yeah, but but you got a point though, man. Pot came with it too. Y'all punk shot me, but he said you shot me, but you punks didn't finish. Now you about to feel the wrath of a menace, nigga. I hit him up. I was like, oh, he's ready, he's ready, ladies and gentlemen. He was so good, but also we're not talking. We're also talking about um R O C um. The takeover, when Jay dissed Nas, that's a ne- and Ether when Nas dissed Jay, that's a big one. Like takeover is a ridiculous diss. So is Ether, and so we have all these disses coming up where it's just like, oh wow, these cats came for next, and they came for some next. But yeah, I mean, in the golden age, folks were actually going for throats, dude. They were going for the top. And now it's dope that 
Jay and Nas patched things up. I mean, when the Pac and Biggie thing happened, they were just like, okay, look, we need to take a breather. Apparently, people are taking this way too seriously. A little bit too seriously. A little bit too serious. But now it's back. Now it's a, if someone went after Jay, I think Jay would respond because he has nothing. what, what What could anyone say against Jay Z? Like, he's like, well, I could rap better than you. No, you can't. I can honestly say, most likely you can't out rap Jay Z. Jay Z has some lines that are so ridiculous that, like, years later, I'm sitting there in the gym listening to him, like, oh, snap, I never noticed that. That's a crazy line. What? That's the kind of stuff he's doing. Dude, next he's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about, man? <laughs> I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> you know what's funny? But also, you know who else would have, I and mean, he just never got into it? I don't think anybody could have beat DMX at one point. DMX was, he was working at a clip that was crazy, but no one went after DMX because DMX was a madman. Man, man I, think, I think you need a hip hop show. Why do you say I'm not sure I'm the guy to do it with you is what I'm saying. <laughs> what, what, what are you talking because you're, about? Because you're, you're, you're dropping science right now. You know what I mean? I realize I mean, I'm out of my league talking about this shit with you because when you were listening to all that, I had a whole other thing going on. So some of these things I don't even know. I'm not even going to front. Oh, like I'm not Mr. Fucking Hip Hop. Of course I do, but I'm just yeah. saying. And you could imagine him coming that D, if, if you want to, we got to play it. Where do we go? You were like, okay, if that was directed toward me, I was, it would have been a scary thing. When he said, I'm going to put a pinstripe against your windpipe. I'm like, oh, he's going to slip my throat. <laughs> <laughs> that scared the piss out of me, G. Like, how do you even think of that? He's going to put a pinstripe on my windpipe? DMX was crazy. How many people out there want a Steve Hudson hip-hop show? No, I mean, dude. Show of hands. Oh, come on. That was, and the thing is, show I Show of tweets uh, and emails show. and voicemails. <laughs> I don't think I'm we serious. have a lot of hip, I don't think we have a lot of hip-hop listeners. Oh, see, he's not giving you credit now. Hey, yeah, I know one person. Show him. I know one person that doesn't listen to hip-hop. Who? Melissa. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I love you. You know. Oh, you know I Lord, do. Melissa. Come, come for me, Melissa. I want all the smoke. Melissa, I want all that smoke. She's going to do a beef track. Did I lose you? I'm here. All right, there we go. Steve got himself it. so excited, I, he knocked all his shit all over the place. I did. I did. Yes. <laughs> but yes, I'm, I'm just joking. I know that y'all. I don't think we have hip hop other than. Uh, you know, listen, I don't know. I don't know if anybody listens to hip hop that much. And I get a little bit too pumped talking. That's a weird assumption, though. Like, why would you think that? Um, because, um, you know, that's a good question, because I don't I don't really have a sense of that's a Hudsonism our, right there. I don't have a sense of our listenership of what they listen to. I know um, I just love music in general because I could wax poetic on anything. Like once I get into something, I listen to everything about that something. I start looking at YouTube videos and finding out what else they play. And like when I got into Prince, I got into Prince from uh, my ex and we went together after. I mean, you know, we my son was already great. You know, we're still friends. And so it's like, hey, let's go see Prince because she'd never seen him. So we went together and I saw him and I wasn't really into Prince at the time. But I saw the 2000 Forever tour three times 
And I said, I am now a fanatic. I went and listened to every CD he had over and over and over again to the point I could play a bunch of the songs and I knew most of the lyrics. And I also went and be like, who are the lyrics for? What do they mean? Who are they, you know, I mean, I tried to look for all that stuff. And so I just got obsessed. And then once I get obsessed with, like when I start liking a group, I just dive deep. Like when you got me on the Foo Fighters, I just went into this huge thing. Where that's all I could talk about or or listen to for a while, because I just wanted to know what what is what else am I missing? What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Thank goodness they have such a big catalog that you could actually listen to a lot of albums and hear a lot of new songs. And so, and then you know you you get to fall in love with Grohl because he's just a he's just that guy. Uh, it's easier to love music where the person is just a nice person. Before we didn't know, like we didn't have YouTube, we couldn't see interviews with all our favorite artists, like. I guarantee if we saw interviews with some of our favorite artists, favorite artists all the time, see them in the street, what they're doing, a lot of these people we would not like. It would change the perception of, of who they really were. But now we, we have a really in-depth knowledge of a lot of the people that we love. And, uh, you know, the good thing is that a lot of them end up being just really cool people, which is why we connect to them on such a high level. Whatever they're saying to us, we get because we connect with them before we even hear their interviews and stuff. That's a really good point, dude, because you figure like back in the day when we didn't have social media, you were having people that were, you know, lining up interviews and just like blowing, like blowing these performers. And they're saying whatever they want to say to silence because no one's really writing back to them. You're going to get your few fan mails or whatever. But now with social media, you're seeing them live. You're seeing what they do day to day, how they, their philosophies most of the time, you know what I mean? Like what they're into, uh, what they believe in. And you start to get a sense of what these people are like. And then when they start going back and forth with their fans, yeah, it totally takes down that whole elitism thing. They're not rock gods anymore. Exactly. I mean, look, we know that we probably wouldn't have liked John Lennon. You know, he was a fairly, you know, he, he was violent to his, his, his wives and girls or whatnot. And that would have come out immediately during, the me, during now. And Me Too would have come out immediately saying, hey, this dude's a douche. But he was able to get off. He was able to kind of shrug that off. Fairly well, too. People don't talk about it because we weren't just immersed in their uh, their lives. Now we are. We know what a lot of people are doing, and they have to fest. They have to kind of now bodies get dragged through town. Oh, dude, and it and it's a good thing because I couldn't imagine just having to deal with that back in the day. Just suck it up, deal with it. You'll live. Um. So, but yeah, again, um. I think I would love a, I'd love us to be able to talk about music in general. Hip hop, I think I would just be flying off the walls a little too much. Cause I, uh, and also- We'll you know, give you that impression. Dude, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> unfortunately, not a lot happens all the time in hip hop. Like, like in hip hop right now, that's, that's why we talked about MGK Eminem because it was a fun thing. Me, not enough happens in the hip hop that I love enough. Ever so often we'll probably have a little thing like this. Like if, Jay drops an album out of nowhere or Nas drops an album out of nowhere, which he did, or, you know, stuff like that. Or if there's beef, yeah, well, then fine. But like now hip hop's a young man's game. You know, I don't know all the people that are out right now. Do you feel like you're growing away from it a little bit? Yes, for sure. For sure. I mean, that's the natural progression of things, though, you know, of course. I I mean, my son is the one that normally has to hit me to new Steve's one that hit me to um, Kendrick Lamar. And I listened to the album and said, that is genius. That is not an album. 
what you just heard was genius at work. And uh, he's the one that hit me to that. And so uh, I'm not really, and there's some people that are really good, but most of them are, are not my, they don't make music for me. I still listen to doggy style and the chronic and, uh, uh, um, Shame on a nigga wants to put blame on a nigga who's put what with the trigger. I still say I listen to that stuff where I'm just like, yeah, like I'm going nuts on that junk where people are just like, what are you listening to? Good Lord. If I pull up playing Wu-Tang like that, they're like, what is that? I'm like, yeah, it's Buck Wild. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? When you listen to D, if, if you want to, we got it. Like, that's, it's so insane. And then NWA and LL Cool J, is, it was so big. It's not big like that anymore. Rap used to be huge as far as the sound was. I mean, think about the opening, just the opening song on Straight Outta Compton. You are now listening to the something of street knowledge. You are now about to listen to the strength of street knowledge. And then it just goes, and then it, um, um, straight out of company, it just goes that the whole way through that doesn't stop. It's just this, because it's so big. It's a big song. And the only time they drop out is then it says, easy is his name and the boys coming straight out of Kaboom again. Right back into it. Right back into it. And it, sh- it used to be so huge now rap is small in comparison you know unless you're listening to like kendrick kendrick has some big songs too beastie boys uh uh even if the beats were cool listen to how they rap here's a little horsey named paul revere just me and my horsey in the court of beer like you're doing ad rock like he's a big rapper you know what I'm saying? They don't just be like, so I'm just chilling. I'm kicking back. That wasn't his thing. They were just big because he had to be. You're on Def Jam. You can't sit there and be like, LL Cool J is hard as hell. And then he'd be like, so I'm chilling at the bar. You know what I'm saying? And try- you couldn't. Then go go down the block to some other. Whatever you're doing, you're singing more than you're rapping. Those guys had to be this mass. And it they stayed with that too. They were always big rappers. Say and then, but LL oddly enough, he's like, I need to do something else. So he went. He went to that whole. Um, uh, I'm going back to Cali. Like he became. I am ladies love cool James. So I have to do that. Pink uh, pink cookies in a plastic bag, <laughs> getting crushed by buildings. You know I w- that. I wasn't and, a fan of that shit myself. No, and then also, um, I'm the type of guy. You know, around the that, way girl. Yes, around the way girl. He decided, oh wait, and and look, look, he did the he did one of the first kind of uh, uh you know like market. He kind of found out what is my target market, and he realized, oh, women like me. So why am I making like tracks for men when they buy my albums? He was smart. He's like, oh, I'm ripped, and women like when I take my shirt off. That means they're buying my albums, so maybe I should make music for them. And he did it. And what did it do for him? He's, it, he was huge. He was freaking a monster because women liked that. But then, remember, people said he was washed up. There was a point, ladies and gentlemen, that people said, LL is trash. He's gone. There's nothing left. He can't do it. His album totally failed so what he did is he took some time off chilled and all of a sudden he comes out they're like you know what um i think i could do this again and his first line was don't call it a comeback first line i've been here for years and he's right 
He was right. You know what I'm saying? He came in and I was like, oh, snap, he's back. But he had a while off chilling, saying, okay, who am I really? Who am I? What do I want to be? Okay, well, then I'll do this. I'll do it the way I want to do it. Did a cold situation. Then he did an unplug. That was even crazier. Had his shirt off. Was like, I'm going to do live musicians and do Mama Said Knock You Out, a song that no one thinks you can do live. Listen to that. That's crazy. Come on. I explode. Come on. And listen to this. And he's like, mm, listen to the way I select. Now, remember, he came off of, I'm the type of guy. He went from there. They were like, oh, you guys thought I'm not LL Cool J as hard as hell anymore, didn't you? You thought I was, I had lost the swing what of I episodes in the back of his Jeep. Exactly. You thought I was just, oh, I'm a chill. He's like, okay, all right. Let me show y'all what I'm all about. And that was his comeback. So this, it was big. Music used to be huge, man. You used to be able to do these massive songs. Now, and look at, um, I think the person who did it the biggest, truthfully, is Ice-T with, um, with uh, Body Count. He said, you know what, skip it. Let me just get a rock band behind me. A real rock all the way. band. A real rock band. A legitimate hard rock band. Now, mind you, black folks dipped. Let's just be real. We weren't, we we weren't the ones buying Cop Killer. It was a real mixed crowd, man. I got to had an opportunity one time to see Ice T perform with Body Count. They go off stage, and then Ice yeah. T comes out by himself. That was a very divisive crowd because you're right, they did dip. Like it was just, we had to. We didn't know what to do with it. It was kind of weird though because Body Count came out first, right? Mm-hmm. So you you know you you saw like a lot of like white people leave, believe it or not, after. Oh wow! After Body Count. Yeah, it was kind of weird, but. They, but you didn't see like black folks showing up until like near the end of body count. It was kind of weird. It was a really tra- strange situation, but it was it was a cool show. It was, and the thing is, more power to him for doing that because that's as big as you can get was doing a rock situation. But we you got to realize we came from a u h u s t l e a hustler. We're used to that iced tea. We're not used to what the crap are you doing right now? Like what is this? So we dipped, and when we dipped, we we went on to other folks. We're like, okay, we're gonna go. And remember, that was right around the time. We're talking about like doggy style crime. All that stuff was out. Why are we going to go to body count? We don't have to. We can still chill on, rest on our laurels. <laughs> We're like, we cool. We got regulates coming out. We got, um, uh, uh, it's oh, a whole easy. new era came out. A whole new era kind of All that when G you funk. listen to the G Funk sound, Pioneer Speakers Bumper while I spoke on the pound. I got the, that whole thing was happening. We don't want to be like, cop killer. We don't want that. <laughs> you guys can keep that. We're on the we want that. That's the thing we want. Then we want that. Why are we going to wait for? But the thing is, Ice-T has always, always done his own thing. He don't need nobody telling him what to do. Some more power to him for doing that. But in this time. They're still around, by the way. Of course they are. They're going to always, I think they're always going to have a crowd. They're always going to have a people that dug them. Why? Because they were so niche that the people that like them will never find something else that scratches that itch. They only body count. They're very, that's a very, and mind you, like Ice-T did, did something with them not too long ago, I think. Yeah, he did a Slayer cover. How weird is that? It was, was actually, like, it really wasn't that bad. Now, if you like Slayer. True. 
Yes, yeah, but I mean, what I'm saying is, you could tell they were really playing. It wasn't a parody of what they were doing of a Slayer song. Like they were playing that shit legit. So you got to give them props for that, man. I give them. I love little fun you fact though. Did you know that Ernie C, the guitar player from Body Counts from Fresno? I did not know that. Thought I'd give you that, man. Well, look at the C. And the funny thing is, I love I love the fact that Ice T. You know, he spray. He's like, I'm gonna try new things. Like for instance, recently uh, Dave Grohl did the same thing. He did that new song where he played everything. And this song is what, 20 minutes? 19, 24 minutes? It's like 23 minutes long. It's called Play. Now, I listen to it. And there's a part in that song that has so much soul to it. I wanted, I I would pray for the chance to be like, who, what gave you that? What were you listening to when you came up with that little piece? Because I literally had to, I was in my car and I was like, whoa, what did this just turn into? Oh, yeah, he goes all over the place on that one. Yes, and one of them is just like, this isn't a Dave Grohl thing. This is something he's been wanting to get out of his system that he can't quite find a way to do with. No offense. He can't find a way to Foo Fighter it. They couldn't have sung over what he did there. And I was like, I wonder how long he's been sitting on that. But he's had so many different outlets. I mean, he's had, for a while anyway, he had Queens of the Stone Age, and then he had Them Crooked Vultures, He's got multiple Foo Fighter albums. He had a band called Probot that was basically a metal band with all a bunch of like, it was like an all-star metal band came together from all these different acts. So he's had lots of outlets to do that. This one to me seems like this was definitely something that he'd been wanting to do for a while and he just had no, I think actually what it was, I think it was a self-challenge is what it was, man. Oh, there's no question. I I think it was a way of uh, keeping from being bored. Well, the thing is, I saw a review saying, well, I'm not going to listen to this more than once. I'm like, that's your problem right there. Right there is your freaking problem. He's not doing this for clicks. He's not doing this for clicks. This was a self-challenge. This was a challenge to himself to see, can I play? Because there is, mind you, he's saying he did it live. What that means is there is no logic punch in, which is easy to do. As you've seen, if you mess up, uh, if I mess up a keyboard part, Logic lets you put in anything at any time. If you no, if dude you, would get be, he'd be playing like fifteen minutes into the song, fuck up and start completely start over all again. over again. And the did you watch he, the movie or did you just hear the? No, I heard it. I heard the. Um, I didn't watch the movie. But you I, heard it. I listened to the whole track, knowing that he did because I read up on it, and he's like, "I did it straight." That's what made me say, "Wait a minute." And so I push play. And 10 minutes in, I looked and said, how the heck long is this thing? And I was like, this is 20, what? And I'm sitting there listening. And as a musician, I was thinking to myself, how many times did he think, A, can you just pull up the session and can you just splice me in? Because you're tempted to. If you're doing it over and over and over and over again, you're like, if I mess up 19 minutes in, now I have to start off from ground freaking zero let alone the fact that you have a click track going so you have to go exactly with the beat and so you got to make sure you're you're not missing the beat and then you have to going along with that click that's going you also have to keep track of where you are oh i did that's hard to do man you know what blew my mind about that is that the very first track that he laid down to me would almost seem like the most difficult track because it was nothing but drums 23 totally. minutes of drums and you know how like that song just goes all over the place oh for sure that's and so th- fucking that impressive is, to me um, and the thing is he had to that's the only way you can do that song because you have to lay down a solid beat that's exactly on time so that you can play over it and once the beat changes you know here we go we're in the next section but that first track knowing what section you're in because it just moves all over the place 
That's my thing. I'd want to ask him, what were your cues or what it mental cues? Because he might be like, oh, no, 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 no. I was looking at a toggle going and I knew at measure 45 that at measure 45, we're going to go into this next thing. Like he had to write it out, right? He had to write that out somehow. He doesn't seem like he would. Now, mind you, this is totally conjecture. No, but if you watch the movie... Well, I mean, they could have just skipped that part, but I don't. I didn't see I don't anything. I didn't so. see him reading music. I think he put that shit together in his head. I think he's that good. Oh, totally. I think that he was doing. Uh, if in my brain, I'm thinking he's doing uh, eight bar loops. He knows that eight bars, boom, gone. Eight bars, boom, gone. Eight bars. Okay, we're going to this next section now. Eight, sixteen, and then we're gonna go in twenty-four, and then thirty-two. We're gonna go into the next one now. Eight, sixteen, twenty-four, thirty-two. Next thing. That's what it sounds like happened. And but if you miss a bar, everything is off. If you miss one bar, the bar that you like when you're doing your guitar, you're like, okay, 18, like you're going, okay, cool. I got 8, 16, 23, 31. Now you messed up. You're like, oh, we didn't switch over. Yeah, because you put the drum track wrong. Now you got to redo the drum track all over again for one measure you miscounted. The thing he did, bruh, is crazy. And it was a self-challenge. So when the guy was like, oh, he's not going to get me any clicks, that's not what he was doing it for. He wanted to challenge himself to see if he could do it, and he freaking did it. Not only did he do it, because I'm sure there's some people like, well, I could do that, but can you do it well with original music? For 23 minutes. For 23 minutes. And he played the piss out of the bass. The bass licks he were he was doing, I was like, oh my gosh. He was playing instruments he'd never played before. This guy is playing the heck out of this. I didn't know he played. He was well, playing xylophone. Dude, don't play xylophone. He was just working it out. You know what I mean? That's what's and, so impressive about it. But then again, when you're that kind of talented, you're, you're going to figure some shit out. You could, you could play a straw. You know what I yes. mean? And the thing is, that's why he has pictures. Whenever you say Dave Grohl and whoever else, he has a picture with everybody. Why? Because everybody recognizes how... A, nice he is, and how talented, undeniably, because he had the world working against him. It's like if I was part, uh, he was part of the of Nirvana. That is almost a death nail. I guarantee most people would say I would have rather not been a part of that if it would have screwed over my, um, my uh, career, because most likely it would have. Only he could have come out of that and made a popular, another popular band. Because remember, he did the Wings thing. He did what Paul McCartney did, left the Beatles and started Wings. He left Nirvana and started Foo Fighters. And became bigger than Nirvana. What other person has done that? I really do. I think they're bigger than Nirvana, man. I mean, you know, Nirvana left a huge stamp on things because they sort of cut the ribbon to the, I hate using the word, but to the grunge era. You know what I mean? That was like the, the layman's introduction to grunge, if you will, the Seattle scene. But you're right. He went from the fucking Beatles and made Wings. I don't under, and there's not, if you can count on one hand, the amount of people that left a real, don't sit me there like, well, technically uh, Keith Moon was in a, no, no, no. I don't want to have to research this band. I don't need to research the Beatles. I don't have to research Nirvana. These are humongous bands. One person left and makes another humongous band. Who else has done that? Nobody. I don't believe what's his name. The to guy that, that level, I don't think anyone. Well, outside of you know, Ozzy would be one. Wh- if what, you want to get technical what about group it, group was he in? Um, he left Black before, Sabbath. 
to and be, became Ozzy Osbourne solo and blew shit up for decades. That's true. That is a band. Also, Ronnie James Dio left Black Sabbath as well and came out with, and was Dio for decades. And those are now, super, super huge bands. Those are. And but the thing is, here's what I'm going to say. I don't even I remember, when I didn't like the Foo Fighters, I knew who the Foo Fighters were. I can't say I knew who Dio was. I can dig that, but I think a lot of people did. But you knew Ozzy. Yes, I knew Ozzy. And that's why I know that's why I know that certain bands cross over because you can't help but know them. You can't like I guarantee, and I'm not gonna say you no one could know for sure. But do you really, really, really think that if the lead singer from Metallica decided, skip this crap, I'm dipping. No, Hetfield's not gonna come back and do something bigger. Thank you. And that's the equivalent. <laughs> that's what he did. He did a huge because would you say at one point Nirvana might have been the most popular band on the face of the planet? Sure, for a time. Absolutely. And he left, or no, uh, one of them unfortunately died. Anybody else would have been like, maybe I should do something else. Maybe I should just do something. I still stand by my statement that if it wasn't for Grohl, Nirvana never would have gotten that big. See, that's interesting. I, um, I, you want to know why? Why? It's all in, it's right there. It's right in Smells Like Teen Spirit. The, cause you know, you hear, you know, that's okay, cool. Nice riff. But that shit right there is what made that song. I don't, th- uh, I would slightly disagree only because what, what Nirvana did well were earworms and the earworms came from, uh, Kurt Cobain. He made songs, he made melodies that would be in your head forever. That do da do da 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 and then that that is in your brain. Are you scatting Nirvana right now? And then uh, I'm so he knows how to make earworms that are gonna drill into your ear and be like, it's gonna be in your head forever. That's what his gift was. And so even though he was a great drummer, not taking anything from Grohl, Kurt Cobain was such an earworm pro. That he just, because here's what happens, just like it happened for Elton John, he was talking about this. It, it happens where there's a time in your life where what you create happens to coincide with what the world wants to hear. Happenstance, totally happenstance. And at a certain point, what Kurt Cobain was creating was exactly what the world needed exactly then. And then he died. He, he killed himself. But at that point, he could have had anyone in his group and he could have made an earworm with anybody. That's what I think because his earworms were so catchy. Now, if it's one of those things where his earworms weren't good, but the drumming was great, then I'd be like, okay, I get that. But Kurt had such an ear for melody that he knew ex- no one would have put what he put on Smells Like Teen Spirit. Nobody. If every band had those chord progressions, and you said everybody in the world sing a melody to this nobody but Kurt Cobain's coming up with that melody nobody but Kurt Cobain and it was just because of what was in his heart registered with the world at that exact moment just like Elton John he's not as popular as he was before because he admits what I was creating at that time resonated with the world at exactly those decades two decades through two, two and some change resonated with the world. Anything I touched turned to gold because everything that came out resonated with the world. James Taylor, 
everything he made resonated for that one album. He'd have it ever so often, but for that one album, everything he touched was like, oh, every time I hear his guitar. I mean, when you're talking about uh, Carolina, uh, uh, Carolina, uh, what am I talking about? That's your department, G. Yeah, uh, in my mind, I'm going to Carolina. It's not the name of it. In my mind, I'm going to Carolina. Don't you see the Carolina on my mind, is it? Is that what he named it? No, I I don't freaking know. But um, he had that. Um, when you talk about you can close your eyes, when you're talking about something in the way she moves, in that time, everything he touched was just like, wow, that's just going to be in my brain forever. Now, for Kurt Cobain, his time was then. And I think when he went away, Dave Grohl doesn't make earworms. What he makes is music that touches you on a deeper level. So it's not a situation of, oh, this melody stuck in my head. No, it's not. It's the message of the song that's stuck in your head. Mm, he, that's I'm going to disagree does. with you on that one. What earworms does Dave Grohl have? Dude, he has 20 years of Foo Fighter songs that are fucking fantastic. Monkey Wrench. Totally, but they're not ear... Like, when I say earworms, that means if you don't like the group, that song's in your head. Everlong? That's the earworm. That's not an earworm. It's a great... What are you talking about? What I'm saying is Dave Grohl went to create great music. He did. Not earworms. They're not things that are just like, if I don't like Foo Fighters... I still have this song stuck in my head that's so annoying. If you didn't like Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit is still in your head because it's an earworm and it's something you're trying to get out. Whereas Dave Grohl made, I'm going to make amazing music. That's just so good, it's undeniable. Whereas Kurt Cobain just made, just like um, the Beatles. Beatles made, um, Paul McCartney made earworms. Yesterday is an earworm that's just not going to, that is an earworm that's just going to be in your head. Even if you don't like the song, it's going to be in your head. It's not a, oh, the chord changes are crazy. No, it's just he knew a melody that's going to be, hey, Jude, it's just going to be in your head. What is the song about? I don't know. Because it doesn't matter what it's about, does it? It's just in your brain. What is that song about? I don't know. What's um, what's uh, 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 Eleanor Rigby about? I don't know. But you do know. Ah, look at all the low. Because it's an earworm in your brain because you don't you don't even know what it is whereas Foo Fighters you know the song and you're like what's that song about oh and you're gonna go through the lyrics in your brain because you know the lyrics people don't know Eleanor Rigby and they still know that ah look at all the low because it's an earworm immediately whereas you can actually think through some Foo Fighters song and think through the words be like oh that's what this meant because I remember the word because it mattered there's not Beatles songs you remember all the words. You just know that, oh, yeah, as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, I know that song because it's in my head. Don't play it too many times. That's the earworm syndrome, I think. That's my opinion. I'm looking at my audio track, dude, and it's just like, line. <laughs> this, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This entire show, you have been going off. About, I, like, we, I so this is literally, like, the thing is, though, music, honestly, yeah. like, we've ran out of time at this point. Okay. That's so crazy, G. Yeah, no, this wow. is this is this is this is two hours of you. <laughs> just so I am aware. so sorry, dude. No, it's fine. It's if fine. We bring it's up just... music. It just, I'd rather, and I even had a rant for the day. That's the funny thing. Yeah, holy but shit. But we're gonna do the rant next week. Uh, and we're gonna do the quiz next week. I don't know what happened. Keep this in. I don't know what happened. All this in. No, no, I'm not going to take anything out. I'm just being honest with you. Like, guys, we had a show, like a full show. Let me tell you what we we were going to talk about. And I wish that we could. Unfortunately, I'm running out of time here. So uh, let me see what we had here. We had uh, we were going to talk about the Netflix documentary Quincy, which is about Quincy Jones. I was going to talk the first purge. Uh, What else? 
We got, uh, you know, and I even threw in Magic for Humans, even though I watched that a while ago. Steve and I both watched Alone together, and we were going to cover Maniac. But my man Steve is on. <laughs> I'm tripping. And it's and okay. No, 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 no. I don't want yeah. you to feel bad about it or anything. Yeah. I just, there's just, this has been an episode. This is literally the first Heroes of Noise episode. Where I'm like, what? Uh, okay. You got that? You got a point? But, but this is... No, no, no! You got that too. <laughs> no, it's it, you know it's funny. I had a Kavanaugh. I have a, I had a Kavanaugh rant about how terrible America is treating our beautiful and amazing women, and how and all that stuff, and and why do women don't come up? And as you see, how they be treated when they actually say what happened to them. But I'm gonna save that for next week. But I you am see, pissed. You see what happens when this dude gets positive tweets. See what happens. <laughs> oh and i'm gonna hear it i'm ready i'm ready for somebody coming to defend their boy too no, I'm i ready. think it's i think it's i know i honestly i think it's fine actually i it's cool because you know what this show has always been free form we don't want to talk about movies we don't talk about movies we'll talk about whatever the fuck we want we're here as a noise right people so, this That's is all true. you today baby it That's it. no it's gonna okay ladies and gentlemen this is the last you're gonna hear my voice no 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 what are people, you talking about <laughs> we ran out of time i said we were running out of time you're oh, all over the place do you want to do you want to do a quiz What's the quiz? <laughs> it's the the um uh we can do a quiz next week. There's no big deal. This is literally the first time I've been lost on the show. <laughs> Gee, I literally just loved this episode. I bet you did. I it's just you talking the entire time. I, <laughs> I got I got nothing for you. Oh my God, guys! What you just witnessed a phenomenon I'm right now. Doing, Jesus. you have witnessed a phenomenon. Steve took every word from my mouth that I was going to use tonight, and somehow just it just disappeared. I don't know where it is right now, and I don't <laughs> mind. I don't. I don't mind. It's Seriously. never going to happen again. This is a one-shot deal. No, don't even feel bad about it. It's just I feel funny. horrible. Just, no, don't feel horrible. This is free. It's not like they no. paid for this shit. They're not just paying. They're not just here to hear me, dude. There's a whole group of Hudson fans out there. You know who I blame for this? Who do you blame? Michael. That's who I blame. It was after his voicemail. He led me on a tangent. It went from somehow, it went from uh, he said about Superman, Superman led to Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan somehow led to Superman and DC <laughs> and Marvel. That ended up in music. Next thing you know, we're talking about music, MGK, Eminem. Next thing you know, we don't hear. Michael! See what you be doing, bro? <laughs> MGK was supposed to come towards the end of the thing. We really were going to talk about that. I know. But it's just, uh, fault. you know, <laughs> I want you on my relay team, dude. I'm just going to hand you that baton and watch you just go. <laughs> Bruh. But as long as we don't ever talk about music again, we're good. I'm going to put a political message in the baton, have you open it up, and then just go. And just rant about it. I don't. I, I think that it's music, dude. I think music is music and politics. But as long we normally stay away from both, except the rant. Music we never talk about. So, and chances are, there's not going to be any rap beef for 120,000 years. We're good. This is the last. This is a it's one just shot really deal. funny. It's really funny that I didn't even notice it. I mean, we were just talking, and all of a sudden, I looked at the time, like we have been going two hours, and then I started looking at my at my audio Bruh. track, and there's Bruh. just big ass spaces of silence on. Bruh. I don't never, mind. I don't I know, mind at all. But it's a one shot deal, ladies and gentlemen. I, we're, we don't talk about music ever. Hardly ever. Last time we talked about music was last before the um, preacher podcast. I think we dabble a little bit each yes. week, but just a little bit. But Real, the full on dedicated music. I wasn't no. really prepared to be quite honest with you. I didn't realize we were going to go so deep. Yeah, neither was I. I didn't but you've been drinking caffeine today, or, or did you? Uh, no, it's just. Did you drop some extends before you came on, or what is it? Yeah, I mean, no. What <laughs> happened was 
it was just once music gets brought up, it's like, oh, the encyclopedia opens in my brain and oh, it just funny. spills out. That's really funny. I'm like fully admitting it. I'm just like, I don't know what to say here. I'm going to let the man talk. So I let the man talk this time. <laughs> and I'm sure you guys are going to dig it. That's completely fine. Oh, that's But it's not just true. really funny, though, because like, I just, I was like, I, I haven't said shit. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, you know Basically, what? I, you know what I did this time? I uh, went, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like Eddie Murphy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that from? Uh, wasn't it, uh, was yeah. it Coming to America? Or I mean, uh, no, 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 no not coming to America. Up. Yeah. No, I remember there was some guy. Here we go again, another tangent. But there's, I remember like in a movie, there was one guy, someone would say something and the guy behind him would go, yeah. Yeah. Was that not well, Eddie Murphy? It was Eddie Murphy, but remember. Trading Places maybe? Oh no, I know what it is. You moving? Yeah. Grooving? Yeah. Remember? Uh, we're thinking of two <laughs> different things, but yes, you're right. Oh yeah, yeah. James Those Brown. Those are James Brown. Yeah. Moving? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, people. I'm going to tell you something. Um, this is never going to happen again. Stop I'm it. Going to, no, no, no. I'm saying tr- this is truth. This is so unlike our podcast. Normally, we actually have a setup. Um, we have a, a rundown that Dan definitely has ready on his lap right now. And I just went over it. It's a good thing that I didn't waste my time doing it this weekend when I was exactly. already so busy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough one, especially with all the good news you got. Um look i mean it's just five news topics and several yeah, movies so, and yeah a quiz I mean, that we uh, had to quiz you know, had to get that i of. worked hard on you know the yeah. quiz was tough yeah. especially when i have to you know work the quiz out to the small number of movies that you're versed in i'll that just tough. i'll wow and then you're gonna insult me gonna take the show away <laughs> fuck you steve hudson asshole <laughs> Have to, have to be like, no, he doesn't know that. No, he doesn't know my cousin Vinny. Couldn't do that one. Wow. I don't know why I brought uh, my cousin Vinny. Oh, you know why? Because I watched, I caught the end of Goodfellas and it made me, I was like, oh yeah, this was a good movie. And I thought my cousin Vinny. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be the last you hear my this voice tonight. This is a tonight. wild show today, guys. I'm sorry. I, and you know what's funny? I'm glad Dan, Dan kept that in about why I love this show so much. I It's not... Now, mind you, I didn't say it was my favorite show. I know what my favorite episode is. But it is definitely... Um, it's going to be Dan's turn to go crazy very soon. I'm waiting for that time where Dan just goes off on whatever and I could, I'm could i going to sit here and just drink coffee and be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you handle the rants. I'll take care of the interviews and shit, man. I think that's I think that's oh, your the uh, interviews are that's so your good. bag, baby. That's your bag right there. Just ranting. This was a was a rant today? Was that a rant today? It was kind of a rant. A little bit. Was it really? No, it was, you know what it was? It wasn't a rant at all. It was you were raving. It was more of a rave than a rant. Rant and rave. I ra- I ranted and raved today. Yeah, you did more raving than ranting though. I did. I wasn't up today was a happy uh, I was, and I'm glad because my rant today would have made me very mad. No, I'm going to look at this. I think I may just call this episode catharsis because you needed this, I think. Oh, I think you had a lot of things that you had just pent up that you needed to get out. Ooh, especially what an interesting few days this is, a new section of my life this is going to be now. Oh, what we didn't I even talk about for? that. No, it's not important. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, not. No, hold on a second because I will uh, give a little more time to this because as you as you all know, and of course, we know Steve likes to talk, right, everybody? So let me just go ahead and uh, mention this. I'm just kidding, Steve. Okay. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. See, Steve loves to deconstruct me on this show 
For the newer people that are listening right now, yes, this is a very different show than we normally do. But you will know one thing that's consistent throughout all the shows is that Steve loves to deconstruct me. Well, today, I've got the opportunity to flip it on him, turn the headlights to Steve, uh-huh. the spotlight, rather. And Steve, can I just talk about this this week you Please, have? please. So... Actually, I, th- I really don't know what's going on this week. We started talking about it. You had some words. I said, stop. We're going to bring this up. So I said you close out the show. Steve, what happened? What, let's talk about your week. What happened? Okay. So this week, um, it was an interesting time. I've had a, a companion, so to speak, for the last two and a half years. We've been dating for like, you know, we had a really good time, wonderful time. And in the beginning, we said, look, even if this doesn't work, I think we should be friends for sure. And recently, uh, uh, which is awesome, she got into law school and we really haven't been talking. And it got to the point where it's just like, we're kind of friends. We're kind of home friends, chilling. And so we were on the phone and um, she, I was like, I, long story short, it was just like, I think we should be friends. And she was kind of, you know, like, oh, that sucks, you know, I guess. But, I, you know, I kind of know it was going to happen during law school, but whatever. And so I was like, okay, well, how do we approach this? Do you still want me to text you? Do you want me to And she's like, well, no, probably not. And I was like, well, that's weird. Since, since we said we were going to be friends, she's like, yeah, I'm still working things out in my brain. I don't know how to react to this yet. I'm like, okay, I'll talk to you later. Bye. And I was like, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Sounds like you got off pretty easy. Aha. Later <laughs> <But there's> on, <laughs> I got a text and like, you know, what's funny. You Ooh, know, is that how uh, it started? Is that how the yes. text started? Uh-oh. She was like, you know, it's in- or either interesting or funny. Um, uh, she's like, you w- stayed in there for two months, I guess. Um, and you you were there for longer than I thought you'd be. So I guess, you know, that's a good thing or whatever. And I was like, OK, you know, I said, I want to be your friend. I want to be there for you as you go through law school. I want to still be there for your son. You know, I don't want him to see a guy just come in and leave and come in and leave. I just want to be there for you. And she hits me back and she's like, ha, there for me when you're not even there for me. You left. And I was like, okay, this Ooh. is where we probably need to chill. Mm. And I still was like, okay, but, and my thing is, hey, she has the right to not be my friend, even if she says she was going to be, such as life. She has the right, a woman has the right to change her mind. And I can't say, well, you have to be my friend. So I still give her a good morning text and I haven't heard from her since. She didn't even go good morning or anything? No. Now, now, when did this happen? Uh, Two mornings ago. Two mornings. It happened on Friday. I gave her a good morning text on Saturday and I haven't heard from her since. Mm, I think you need to give her a little bit of time, dude. I think that's fair. Okay. You don't. I I can tell because you said, okay. Like that. That means you don't think so. Here's my thing. I think... um, like, what if I give her time, right? And in this time, finally, she's like, okay, I'm ready to be, uh, we could be friends again. I just needed some time. Now, is the requirement now for me to be like, okay, let me shrug it off. I gave her time. Let's be friends. Or is it like, now it's, if I'm like, I'm kind of cool. I think you got to go with what you really feel, man. You know what I, I mean? Like, yes. like to just cater to that. And you're not really feeling it. You're not doing either one of your good. Matter of fact, you're going to make things way worse. Because now you're trying to recapture something that's already faded. But then you're doing it under the sense of like a a false pretense. You know what I mean? Oh, that's... You know what? You're right. Because I did... That's totally right. You either need to just man up and be like, yeah, okay, I'm willing to get over it. Not that you have to man up to do so. I'm just saying. You either Mm -hmm. need to just accept it and be like, okay, I'm willing to just be over this and just move along. But... 
if you're forcing yourself to do it at this point, like you said, you're like, hey, I'm cool. I don't even think it's worth it anymore. You know what? That's true. Because I don't even know this woman, though. So, you know, yeah, don't listen to me. I mean, nobody really. And the funny thing is, uh, I was like, look, I'm always I even said I want to be there for you. And I don't if you ever want to hit a movie and you don't want to go by yourself, I'm there for you. Let's just go together and have we could still be friends. And she's like, I'm perfectly fine going by myself. I'm like, oh, this really turned left. This immediately turned left. And I didn't see that happening, but my mom was like, you never see it happening, and you always have it happen to you. How many times can you be shocked by this? I was like, mother, you have a point. Whenever, I've never, okay, this is not a badge of honor at all, but I've never had the opportunity of being dumped. I wouldn't mind the opportunity either. I would like to be left to see how that is, because then it might make me say, oh, this is what this means. That's why they're feeling that way is because of this, how it, this is how it feels. But since I can't, um, I, I can't sympathize with it, I don't know what it feels like to have someone say, I want to just be friends. Now, one could take that statement at face value and be like, wow, Steve must be a real catch because he does all the dumping, right? Or could we look at it another way and be like, why are you doing all this dumping? That's the, that's what the are you we- running from? Bingo. That's how, like, my therapist said I should listen to it. See? Again, yeah. folks, didn't even know we had a therapist. Known the man sure. four years. Oh, you didn't know that? <laughs> I don't know shit about you, dude. <laughs> I thought I told you that. No. Yeah, you know, you know every aspect of my life, I don't know shit about you. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they, and here's the hard thing about therapy. Okay. I'm thinking because he's always typing on the computer. Because you need to get in touch with this therapist and tell him, like, you got to get your money back. <laughs> Bruh. I think so. Because <laughs> he's typing Let me have a talk on... with the therapist and be like, look, it ain't working. <laughs> you need to go about this a different direction. He's like, oh, you mean what I, we were working on him loving to hear himself talk. That's not going well? One no. must take another approach to this. <laughs> well, I did but, fix that volume thing, right? Um, no. No. <laughs> Does he still laugh like a maniac? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because he'll be typing and I'll be like, oh, he's not paying attention. So later on, we'll be talking. And he's, I was like, yeah, because I'm looking for a, I really want a relationship that does this. He's like, no, you don't. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, on this date, you said that you wanted this. I'm like, oh, he is paying attention. Is oh, he still snap. buying two hotel rooms so he can drop a deuce in the next room? <laughs> Gee, yep. that's never going to stop. I don't think that's a problem, though. Well, tell you what, let me, we do have to end the show here, but since you are single right now, yeah, let me just try this out. Hey ladies, how you doing out there? My name's Dan Ramirez and I am the agent of Steve Hudson for the purposes of this conversation. I'd like to share a little something with you. Are you lonely? Do you want some good company? Do you like to take a dump in a hotel room that is in a different room altogether so he doesn't have to smell your doo-doo? Do you enjoy a good laugh? Do you enjoy good movies? Do you never want to get a word in edgewise when talking about hip hop? Then let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Steve Hudson is the man for you. And I'm taking applications right now. So you can can hit him up directly if you'd like to. But don't do that because he's just going to be a weirdo and not answer any of these things. Trust me on this. I'm a seasoned veteran. So what I'm asking for you is do you like this man's magical voice? Do you love his personality? Do you think that you would be compatible with this gentleman? Then ladies and gentlemen, and I said gentlemen too because you know what? This, this, is a two, this is 2018. My man can do whatever he wants. I'm just saying, what you need to do if you want to make sure that this happens is hit us up, heroesofnoise.com. Go over to the audio. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go over to the uh, voicemail page and you know just leave a leave an audition. Perhaps you want to know 
what would happen if you were to just leave your voice out there and hear, you know, Steve will respond to it live. I will make sure that he does so because he doesn't have a choice. I've got the soundboard. So do that. Email me. I'll read them to you because I'm telling you right now that if you send this over to Steve, it's all going to get swept up under the rug. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, I'm going to go ahead and close this out by saying... The man is free right now. He's a free agent. He's ready to play. He's ready to explore your minds and bodies. Hit me up. Heroesofnoise.com voicemail page. Let's see who's biting on Steve's line. Thank you very much. That is the funniest thing. Dude, that was so good. I thought you wrote it down. No, man. This is. I, that I'm was trying to help incredible. you out. I want to help you out. There was a whole bunch more I could have done today, oh. but I had all kinds of stuff that I actually had written out. It's dude, a really good thing that I didn't write four hours of notes yesterday. Dude, my jaw hurts. That was so funny. I Do you like wasting lots hard. of time, ladies and gentlemen, uh, writing notes for a podcast <laughs> that you know would be incredible, but instead we talk about random shit? Well, tell you what, Steve Hudson is the man for you. <laughs> I'm just you know playing. Funny? I'm playing. Uh, I'm going to leave you with this. Dan, and I'm, we're not going to talk about this anymore tonight except uh, privately i think it's time for me to settle down you mean like settle down and quit and behave or you mean settle down with a with a companion companion for okay. it's over, like like for 20 years 25 well, years i think you need to reevaluate things man i think you need time away from the situation to figure out who steve hudson is because this is a new steve hudson ladies and gentlemen you don't it understand is. what i'm saying i have seen a level of confidence come out of this man over the last three weeks that i have never seen in the entire time that we've been recording together and that is three fucking years two podcasts three years something's happening to this guy that is funny i i mean i don't know here's what all i could say is Thank you for saying that, and I appreciate it. And uh, I hope I get also better. And also, why hasn't someone made a Tupac cast about Tupac? When you just said two podcasts, I'm like, oh, someone should make a Tupac cast. Anyway. How do you know they haven't? Can you guarantee they haven't done that? There's no way. Hey, someone, someone, by the way, had a suggestion that we do a Sons of Anarchy uh, recap cast. Just putting it out there. I saw that. What did they call it? It was pretty funny. I think it was... Uh, on the community. Pods of Anarchy, I think. That's really funny. That's not bad at all. I wish that I could remember really who said that. funny, dude. Kudos like, to I, you, sir. I, 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 and I saw your reaction with the two big eyes. Because I was like, oh, snap. That's literally what I was saying. <laughs> that and was I what promise, was in my mind. This is the last thing I'm going to say. Yeah. And this is real quick about um, Alone Together. Gee, when she had the glitter on her lips and he said, your mouth is giving me a headache, dude. <laughs> anyway that's all. we'll have to save that one for next week yes because we will. that is one of the I, things that we have been watching i love y'all and i hope that you enjoyed my rants and raves and my depressing breakup talk that is just a wah wah shish boom bah so um i love y'all can't wait to hear from you next time michael this is on you <laughs> don't this blame yourself michael this man shot out of a cannon today you, michael but i want to hear another voicemail because who knows where you shoot us out as far as cannons go i love y'all melissa don't hate me but your boy was weak seasy love y'all peace i'm just glad to be fitting in there somewhere my name is dan ramirez this sort of has been the heroes of noise <laughs> don't forget to listen to my interview with with matt leslie and stephen j smith screenwriters for summer of 84 i think you'll like it a lot this episode was kind of crazy but i had a lot of fun that's it for me we will see you next week have a fantastic this week peace <laughs> Thank you.
Don't forget, ladies, he's free. <laughs>